Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer. Featuring the new easy-to-sanitize threaded diffusion stone. Check out the new threaded diffusion stone at morebeer.com. Item number KEG590. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA. The best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. You know those dreams that you have when you you know you're going to school and and uh, you kind of get there and everyone's laughing at you and then because you're naked because your pants and, are down and, and exactly right you turn down you're just wearing your underwear and then you are you giving a presentation and you just black out I just totally blacked out <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do see I forgot to push this button here you forgot where you were I forgot what I'm doing man I'm texting people and doing all this nonsense man you'll be all right. I'll be too, too, too much get it together. You're yeah. playing World of Warcraft while you're doing this, aren't you? I wish I was, actually, to be honest with you. I kind of miss it. I stopped playing. Oh, you gave up the addiction? I gave it up, man. It's it's 15 bucks a month, <laughs> and I don't make any money. Your so, characters aren't high enough level that I they thought can... you were more into it for 15 bucks. I thought you'd pay 50 years yeah. into it. Oh, That's God, no. No, 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 no. No, I appreciate it. Then I was misled. <laughs> you were told something wrong. I thought wrong. you were totally into it. Like, no. Your life. No, not that much, man. And I figured I can do a lot more with fifteen bucks. Like you certainly could, you know, buy some eggs or something, or good beer, some gas, or good beer, or better beer. God knows, I'm not brewing. What's now up with that? Now you got to be brewing. We, you know, us guys, we're brewing for events all the time, and we, yeah. I've got, I have a calendar that's based on like, I got to brew beer because I got this festival I'm going to, or this party, or a wedding, or whatever. It's just, uh, we, I, I almost like I have to brew. It's like a job. Well, you make good beer. And that's the <laughs> that's the difference. Oh, you're you're good, I've never short, had man. bad beer Come from on. you. What are you talking about? Well, I no, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 
um, kind of messing around. But I mean, no better than to ask make you yeah, uh, do an IPA or something. But you know, <laughs> oh man, we could probably make you brew something else. But yeah. What are you guys thinking about IPA Day? IPA Day. Wow. Was that a real thing or somebody just yeah, made that? First, was that a internet it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. First inaugural IPA Day. Was that right? I never heard of it, so I figured it was some guy just making it up. Probably was, right? Yeah, I think it, I think it was. It wasn't It wasn't released from any sort of uh, you know organization. Yeah. But um, well, we all went out and celebrated. I was hanging out with Mitch Steele. You know, what the hell? Good yeah? excuse. Yeah. How was that? It's great. Well, oh, did he's he a good go guy. Home? He went home, right? He didn't... He's traveling today. Yeah. All right, because if he's still in town, no, I, already invited, I expected him to be here. <laughs> I invited him for sure, but you better that. Man, I got hammered on that uh, on Twitter about that shit. About oh, I was talking a bunch of crap about IPA, IPA day, and, day? And, you know, yeah, trying to be funny and outrageous and entertaining. I don't know. And uh, God, people took it real seriously. <laughs> I got I got wow. some I got some bad oh, feedback. You got some venom back on. Yeah, that one, people huh? were being getting pissed, man. And it's just They're like their IPAs. God, you guys need to chill the fuck out. This beer. I just yeah. like that the stock market tanked on the first IPA day that we've ever had. I think yeah. that's a sign that we should stop giving <laughs> up. Or we should give up on the economic recovery and just enjoy good beer instead. Really? I think I can I can live with that. So who came up with it? I really want to know. Where did this know. come from? I have no Anybody idea. Anybody know? No? It didn't come from like the craft brewers association like that, right? It's all like our... It was tweeted. Here, Paul, let me get you on the mic. Here, get on the mic right there, man. Paul Sangster. Pa- Paul Sangster. Ninkasi. Yes, what I heard was it was tweeted by someone in Southern California, uh, hash IPA day, and it right. kind of caught on, and it's uh, it was, it's pretty big in Southern California. Well, no figure. Huh. But, I mean, it seems like a Hallmark holiday to me, because we, you know, we, we all have great <laughs> IPAs <laughs> out here all yeah. the time, right? But, <laughs> the craft beer world needs a Hallmark holiday. Machine. Right, exactly. Know, right? So, That's true. I'm Nothing buying cards have. for all you guys. There needs you to make be cards. Beers. Thanks, Paul. There Another excuse. <laughs> Another excuse. I don't know, man. It was just, uh, I don't know, everyone relax, man. It's a joke. Take it easy. And I wasn't really, uh, you know, bagging on people for inventing IPA Day. It was just more of yeah. questioning the need for it. Well, when I heard that, I thought Saturday. I'm like, yeah, I'm going IPA Day. Yeah, exactly. yeah the bistro? Yeah. <laughs> IPA Fest at the bistro. Like, no, 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 Thursday. Like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, what's going on now? Whatever. I don't know. I thought it was the bistro. <laughs> so did you drink a, a hoppy beer on IPA Day, Jipper? I uh... I don't even think I had a beer on IPA no, Day. No, you didn't have anything at all. You boycotted it entirely. I didn't even mean to. I don't really have hoppy beer at, at home. I've right. been drinking a lot of Mission Street Pale from uh, Trader Joe's. Oh, What's nice. Up? And uh, I'm kind of over it now. I don't know. I get that way. You know, you kind of drink a lot of one thing. Right. Kind of, yeah, like, satisfy your hop craving, and you're right. done. And move yeah. on to the next one. Yeah, it's pretty easy, but whatever. Um, I do have a special announcement, though. Uh-oh. Somebody's pregnant. Somebody was pregnant. All right. Uh-oh. Notice Bevo's not here. Wow. Oh no, oh, no. Really? Well, this has nothing to do with her. Oh, man. John Plisse, Chicken oh, Boy, yeah. uh, had a little girl. Oh wow! Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Um, born fairly showing. Eight three at twelve fifty nine p.m. Excellent. Um, Eight pounds three ounces. Wow, that was the biggest job. <laughs> Elisa Sophie Plisse. Very nice. So they're still at the hospital. They said they're doing great. Should be going home Monday. Or Tuesday. I wanted him to call in. Uh, yeah. He's like, my feeding schedule is every two hours and I'm too tired. <laughs> Gotta have Chicken Boy on this show. It's been a long time since yeah, we've heard from him. Yeah, we should get him in the studio. Yeah. yeah. You can leave the kid at home. But yeah. Right? Yeah. At least at the hospital. You know there's enough people to look after the thing. Yeah. Right? right. He's got some time off, actually. <laughs> yeah, he should be. Yeah. He should be getting some time off. Yeah, he should be brewing now. Maybe we can get him to do a Can You Brew It beer or something, you know? Yeah, we should send him go. a recipe today. He's already saying no. 
He's not even here. He's already saying like, no. There's just no way. <laughs> that guy's life's over Te- right text now. Text him and tell him we're talking about him, so that'll get him on the show. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've been trying. That's what I was. That's who I was texting at the beginning of the show. That's why I kind of forgot where I was and, and who I was. <laughs> it was kind of nice for a second. Um, I wanted him to call in. I wanted, or I wanted us to call him at least and get him on the air. But we should. He said he's too tired, so. He just wanted a shout-out, so right. shout-out, please say. We're all happy for you, man. Yeah, Good job. Yeah, congratulations, brother. So uh, what were you doing today? We were out and about. What was I doing? Yeah. I um, I went shopping for new sheets. Sheets? And I stayed home. For your windows or the bed? The bed. With the bed. <laughs> the she- cause be- well, because I took the sheets off my bed for, for the windows, party. right? A little Bed Bath & Beyond, doing, um, doing a little high thread count action on those, Dipper. <laughs> You know what? Actually, to burn some crosses. Here's a good story. Yep. So I went on Amazon to look for sheets because I have a interesting. That's right. Buy bed. my sheets. Yes. Right. Yeah. Twelve hundred thread count. Oh, wow, dude! Thirty nine dollars. You slide out of bed in those. Oh things. man, $39. right? Dollars. Yeah, thirty nine dollars. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about that. Thanks for bringing up my sheets. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you brought it I up. Love I love you just... for it. No, I didn't do shit, Chad. <laughs> All right. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. I sat at home and watched a Murder She Wrote. After shopping oh. for sheets, I'm turning into like a like an 89 year old man. Right yeah, now. you're way too yeah. acting way too old for your age, Jipper. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. Yesterday I went to Monterey. Okay, nice. and that was a fucking nightmare, dude. Where'd you go? Aquarium, of course. Monterey Aquarium, That's great. But there's so much traffic. It took us three hours to get down there, and it should only take about oh, like two. Yeah. Was right. there a Mickey Mouse appearance there or something? Is no, that why it you was. Went, ju- we were st- I'm standing around going, I don't know. What do you want to do this morning? Let's go to Monterey. Fuck it. Let's go to the aquarium. All right. Spontaneous. That's not very old. That's that's very young of you. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. So you drive down, but it takes an hour longer than it should. Then then we park. Finally, it takes us 45 minutes to find a parking spot, literally. Pay 20 bucks. Ugh. Go to the aquarium. Three hours later, we're done. Two and a half, two hours later. Go have something to eat at the uh, Carmel Brewing Company. Yeah. Oh, Carmel. Yeah. They're right down the block, basically. Right down the there, block. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I didn't have any of their house beers. I don't know if, 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 they, uh, if they actually have a house beer, but I had a Beta Turbo Dog. Oh, right on. Like. So had that, and then kind of went home and sat for three and a half hours of traffic. It's just like I spent more time in the car than I did actually enjoying myself. So whatever. Well, yeah, you're, so your life's different than ours. You're, you're more on like the uh, local tourist thing. We're like in you know totally into the beer scene. So like yesterday we spent spent all day drinking IPAs at the IPA festival, and today I can find myself like noon at uh, Triple Rock. Rogers pouring his beers there, and then. Uh, we haul him over to Drake's uh, Barrel Room, uh, drink beer for f- several hours before we come over here. Yeah, a little 750 by 1500 yeah. side by side. Yeah, we huh? didn't get into the Monterey traffic at all doing that. Like, well, we missed that. Well, it's uh, it's it's very different uh, to know about these things if you don't get invited. <laughs> I don't think you can sit there and tell me that I'm on a different uh, schedule I, when when and brag about what you did and how I didn't because I'm you just didn't happy that tell I, me. I, I was, forgot. I forgot. You, you forgot invited. that. So you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like, well, we had a, we had like five in the car most of the time. So yeah, that well, that's what happens. The IPA festival is an invite-only event, so I don't blame you for not knowing about that one. Well, know. the IPA fest, I wouldn't have gone. Right, but I would have gone to Trouble Rock with everybody. That sounded like fun. That's good. Hey, but you know, then I wouldn't have been here to prep for the show because you guys came in two seconds before. So right you know what you missed in Monterey is this place <laughs> called Cannery Row Brewing Company. That's what I meant. Did I say Carmel? Did you go there? I meant Cannery Row Brewing Company. Pretty cool, yeah. huh? Yeah, this was a nice place, man. Did you have the pulled pork fried fritters? <laughs> that's oh exactly what God. we had. They're so good. Yeah, that's exactly stick? what we had. Oh. They were great. They were really good, especially with that turbo dog. Oh. It was it was tasty, man. All right, well, uh, subscribe and join the BN Army. You get auto entry into our monthly raffle, which uh, Justin takes care of, so I don't really know much about that. Uh, you can hang out with us on Twitter and Facebook. 
Thanks, Pat. Um, if you have any show ideas or any guest ideas, email producer Scott the Jew at Scott at the Bring Network dot com. Uh, Scott is not here right now. He's off at a wedding. Um, whatever. Bar, I don't bar mitzvah. He's holding up a chair in the air. Something like that with his teeth breaking plates. Well, that's whatever. more Greek, I guess. I don't know. Uh, if you have any feedback on the show, send it to feedback at the Bring Network dot com. I did get a lot of feedback on um, another thing. I got fucking hammered on over over Twitter. People love Twitter. Is uh, burping on the show? And I want to put it to you guys. Paul, you listen to the show? Do you think we burp too much? No, not enough. And but I only want to hear really strong, (laughs) big resonance qualities. Not the weak shit. Only the good stuff. (laughs) The good stuff. Got to echo. You got to bring it if you're going to burp. That's kind of what I thought too. Justin brings it on better than anybody. He can really yeah. He He takes it on. I just didn't... Uh, Actually, I got that question the other day. They were like, oh, I listened to the show for the first time, and uh, what's with all the burping? Well, it's a beer show. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't but think we've like, done any of that yet today. You got any uh, Belgian Triple or anything around? <laughs> anything highly carbonated we can get so ripping on this thing? Yeah, yeah. Soda or something? We'll work some up here for you. I don't know why last week was the week to dump on me on Twitter, but it was. And these people just... Oh, I don't really like it. Oh, I'm going to listen to more burping. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, maybe with the new board, we're, the burping is coming over better. We do have a better sound, I think. Maybe. Right I don't know. I, I really wasn't aware that we burped all that much. but uh, yeah, I, I get a lot of that feedback. It's your punishment really? for stepping up and taking responsibility, JP. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Justin gets it, and he doesn't say it. And I just like complaining a lot. So now everyone knows about maybe it. Maybe we shouldn't burp as much. What do you guys think? I mean, Nah, I think we should keep doing it. Keep doing I it? think oh, we yeah. can kind of keep doing it, because <laughs> I don't really care. I, mean, I don't know, like, I basically, hurt I told everybody. Uh, if you don't like it, then you don't have to listen to it. It's not a requirement. This isn't the only thing on the radio. It's on the internet, even better. So you can just go find some porn. I mean, why do you burp? Are you saying, uh, if you don't like it, go fuck yourself? That's a good Get to taste the beer twice. That's like great. It. Right. Yeah. Right. Or I want whatever to share you it with everyone. Right. Or those fritters. You can breathe in people's mouths. Little quirk fritters. I think don't blame the players. You know, it's all about the carbonation in the beers you guys are drinking. Yeah, it's, it's not about the players. Fault. Right. It's the beer. Right. Blame the beer. Right. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm sorry burping offends you. I really am. But, uh, I, I, you know, it happens. It's going to happen. It's always happened for six years. It'll probably continue happening. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Uh, you guys want to do some feedback? Sure. Feedback. Well, actually, speaking of pleasure and, and what people like and don't like, uh, adamandeve.com has been a sponsor of us for ours for a long time. And... Uh, they basically just said, you know, you don't have to read the copy word for word. Just read the, the highlights. No. And I like that. I don't, you know, it, it, it's kind of nice. We've, we've been giving them a lot of good feedback, and our, our listeners have really been going there and, and kind of stepping up and ordering a lot of nice little toys for their bedroom and their bathroom and their closet and living room, where else they do it. So Putting, putting B and Army as their code. Yeah. Putting B and Army as their code. So basically the rundown, for anybody who hasn't figured it out yet, uh, you go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time, uh, using the B and Army at checkout, uh, you get 50% off about any item. Uh, and then you also get three free adult DVDs and a free gift and free shipping. So go at adamandeve.com, uh, you know, pick out whatever you want to get. You type in an Army, you'll not only get that item at 50% off, you get free shipping. You'll also get free DVDs and a free sensual gift. So go check it out. Support those people that support us. Speaking of supporting us, morebeer.com brings you this session of the session. Yeah. Yes, right. Oh, yeah. Long-time sponsors. Long-time. That's right. why we're here. They got us to seed Monday Good to Good peeps. Good peeps. All right. Let's do some. I was told that Doc was going to be here, and... Uh, I was, too. By you. 
<laughs> he stood right there in that spot yeah, uh, last Sunday and told uh, me. Give him another me half hour. He'll, give him another half hour. We'll yeah, see you well, at Doctor. Traffic's been a problem. Could yeah, be traffic. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I just I like him to uh, get all happy when he hears this. Oh, oh. mail. Feedback. Feedback. I wish I knew who feedback who brought us feedback today. I think it's Williams. Williamsburg. Where are we? Here we stop shopping. All right. Uh, first one. I've been listening to your show since the beginning. You guys have improved my brewing and kept my commute in the Seattle area very lighthearted. I enjoy, which, which I guess is kind of uh, key in Seattle, the uh, you know depression capital of the world. Um, I enjoy all your tips and pointers, and absolutely enjoy your humor. I just recently enlisted in the BN Army as a ranger. Although I don't usually Ooh. participate in the forums or call in, I'm usually drinking my homebrew or a local craft beer as I listen. I'm excited about the NHC being in Seattle in 2012, and I hope I am able to meet all of you then. Keep up the good work. That's Brewing Rookie. Brewing Rookie Ranger. I wonder how long he's going to keep uh, that name until he's no longer a rookie. You know what I mean? Well, we'll see you in Seattle, and I look forward Change. to meeting you. Uh, sup, brothers in JP. I don't know if that's inside JP or just and, but uh, been some great shows lately. Got a question about hot side aeration. So why would splashing your wart out of your mash tun into your kettle be bad or any different than the intake of oxygen during the agitation of the wart during the boil? Don't worry about it. Actually, during the boil, you're, I think you're pushing oxygen out is what's happening during the boil. If, yeah, you're dissolving it, I guess, right, and driving it off? You're driving yeah. it off, essentially. And if, yeah. if you oxidize the wart pre-boil, you're going to oxidize some of the malt uh, qualities you don't want to oxidize. So are you a hot side wart? Aeration believer or non-believer? Non-believer. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. But uh, I think homebrewers. That's for Blake. Homebrewers do sometimes overstate the effects of hot side aeration a little bit. I've mm-hmm. Read some things that kind of criticize or, or twenty years ago or something. Yeah, there a lot of pro brewers will expose their wort to a bit more oxygen than homebrewers will, will be willing to do, and I think that it's not necessarily as as bad or as uh, you know as critical as maybe some homebrewers would think about. Uh, Paul, what do you think? I actually almost splash mine on purpose. Really? Which is probably shocking. But when I'm when I'm sparging, I like to watch the flow rate as it's coming out of the mash tun. And the, the easiest way to watch it, because I generally, my flow rate stops a lot of times. I get stuck sparges. Yep. So I splash it just so I know stuff's coming out. I think you don't worry about that. Hmm. It's going to all get boiled off. And if, if it doesn't get all boiled off, which it all does, the yeast are happy to have that anyway. So don't worry about it. Yeah. All right. They'll, they'll scrub it out, huh? Uh, thanks, he says. P.S. Remind me to send you a pic of my wife's of my wife's new nipple gear. They glow in the dark. Wow, yeah, nipple gear. Well, so how are we going to see him if he's? Just, oh, well, he's going to send a pic. Okay. So, shark guy, this is a reminder. We're, we're, send us a picture of your wife's new nipple gear. Nipple gear. Nipple gear. I don't oh. know what that means. Accessorize your nipples. <laughs> glow in the dark with Chad's new nipple gear. Brought to you by Amco. Okay. Uh, Justin, or I guess JP this week. I thought I'd share a tale of karma with you, and more importantly, your listeners. A while back, when the discussion of a subscription fee came up, I decided to man up and become a corporal in the BN Army. I sent an email at the time confessing my previous douchiness. I remember this guy. I think he was pretty douchey. Uh, Well, karma paid me a visit when I heard my wife's name called last week for one of the $100 more beer gift certificates. I called her and made her listen to it through my car speakers, and we both laughed in awe. I had forgotten about the giveaways, and this was a great surprise. I think my keyser may finally get an upgrade or two. Thanks to all you guys. Uh, thanks for all you guys do and the great certificate, and for not awarding it to some jorts wearing Georgia hating asshole in Florida. J.K. Here comes karma again. 
That's from Josh in Atlanta, and he goes on to say, Also, I happened to listen to the Rabbit's Foot Meadery show the other day and thought how cool shows on the road would be again. Uh, those without the constant buzzing of a tattoo needle in the background. And here we are. I'm looking forward <laughs> to the upcoming road shows. That was pretty nice. Uh, dear Brewcasters, I've been homebrewing for about two years now, slowly but surely. I started with partial boils and extract beers, soon finding my way through to yeast starters, swamp coolers, wort chillers, then all the way to all grain. Along the way, I never found a great single-stop information resource. Bits and pieces are strewn all over the internet, a lot of it contradictory or unreliable. I heard about the BN, but thought it was just a bunch of drunk homebrewers and not worth my time. Which I wonder if that's what the general perception of us <laughs> well, is sometimes, you know awesome. what I mean? And, you yeah, know. I might be right. I don't know. So he goes, I listened, and I was right. You are a bunch of drunk homebrewers, <laughs> yeah. but you are worth any homebrewer's time and money. The whole BN has the most information-packed, reliable, and skill-level spanning from Uber Noob to 10th-level beer nerd, people working for other homebrewers. People may say the session is a waste of time with the off-topic rambling and jokes and burping, but I think minute for minute it stacks up there right with Can You Brew It and Brew Strong. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, great. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good compliment. That's great. Uh, this show can play second fiddle of those. To its own shows, right? To its yeah. own shows. To its spinoff shows. Uh, your brewer interviews are pure gold. After hitting up the backlogs of the session for, for, for a few road trips this year, I knew I had found the right group of people to call my homebrew club. After hearing that disgusting email from the guy that called you greedy and said you are wrong to charge for the shows, I knew I had to act. Sergeant reporting for duty, sir. Sorry it took me so long. Suck it, JP Gibb. Hey, nice. Doctor. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. Yeah, I heard you dissing me. You? I would never diss you. Uh, this is my, probably one of my favorite uh, feedbacks right here. <clears throat> uh, dear Justin and crew. Blah, 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 sour. Blah, blah, sour, sour, sour. Sour, sour, Brett, sour, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 sour, 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 Bevo's boobs. Blah, blah, sour, sour, blah, blah, Brett, Brett, sour, Brett, sour, blah. Blah, blah, sour. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Suck at JP from Brian. Pretty much. It's pretty. You could replace sour with hops and then be on this side of the table. Well, at least you cut out all the nonsense. Yeah. I think I've pretty much you know drilled our show down. That's going to be the new summary for every show. Uh, dear, this is the last one. Dear Brewcasters, I've noticed that when talking to or about callers, it has been standard practice to shit all over whatever state that person is from. I grew up, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California and lived there until I was 32. And I know that being brought up there, you are taught that California is the best possible state that you can live in. I don't oh. think I was brought up to that to mm. say that, but it is. Uh, I've since moved and spent a lot of time traveling America and have come to the realization that there are a lot of very cool places in America that are not California. In fact, there are many places that have a lot to offer in the way of quality of life and do not have the many drawbacks, smog, crime, shitty economy, shitty schools, congestion, that come with a life in California. Because California is the only state that has any sort of crime. Now, I know that many times it's fun to joke around about the South or the Midwest and that's all in fun and we know it. But when JP starts going on and on about how there's no reason anyone would live in Florida or North Carolina or Texas, it comes across as ignorant and shallow to the vast majority of your listeners who know how narrow-minded and untrue it is. Just as you would not shit all over someone who loves sour beers just because you love stout reporters, you should be a little more open-minded and stop yelling and stop telling all your listeners that they are idiots for living in a state that you think is a shithole, but have probably never been to. P.S. Nothing personal, JP. You're one of my favorite parts of the show. Of course I am because you probably have taste. Um, 
Just burp in their general direction and move on to it. I mean, look, I yeah, I get it. You know, maybe we joke around too much about certain things, but it's a joke. I mean, you even say right here, it's fun to joke around about the South or the Midwest, and it's all in fun, and we know it. So then if you know it, why do you think the majority of the listeners it comes across as ignorant to? It's all in good fun. You just call it you ignorant. We love Alabama. We love the Alabama legislature. There's yeah. plenty of things yeah. you can make fun of in California. The listeners I, should probably call in yeah. and do that anytime they want. Yeah, I grew up in it. Southern California. I moved out when I was 32. Must be kind of a weird thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Notice you're making that distinction, too, between Southern California oh, and where you're difference. at now. It is yeah. a big difference. It's right. a big difference. Well, you know, I love Oregon. Washington is rad. Uh, you know, I've been to Colorado. Colorado rules. There's a lot of nice places. There's a lot of ignorant places around, and, and I've been to Texas, and I don't like it. Um, and so I just tease people who are from there. It's fine. Everything's a joke. It's a big joke, everybody. Don't worry about it. Um, everything's fine. <sighs> Bevo, how you doing? You look real, You look rest. You look rested. Shut up. You look really rested. Bevo texted me at 4.51. First, I'm still the only person in the studio, and um, I overslept. I'll be it there ASAP. Act- okay, she almost I got ran up at into the Hummer five the this here. morning. Well, it's not my fault. I'm yeah, tired you, and you, you, you almost ran into the Hummer on the way. Here. I didn't almost run into the Hummer. I was waving to you, and I almost ran into a minivan. Okay, <laughs> no real, wow. real so talk. She like screeched on her brakes. Like I really almost killed her head on hit her. Oh man! <laughs> I was like sorry. Did you say a hail mary? No, you didn't. No. Are you going to go to confession? Sorry. No. <laughs> I don't I know. I gave her a little do. wave. All right, well, we're going to take a break it. now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have Justin Crossley from America's Hat, Vancouver, calling in to talk uh, with us and interview Conrad, who's the brewer at, um, I just had Steamworks. Sorry about that. Steamworks. So, uh, should be cool. Uh, jump on uh, justin.tv slash the Brewing Network to get the live feed from that. And it uh, should be a good interview, man. He's real excited about it. There's a lot of chatter on the uh, on the Skype or on the uh, Twitter about it. So it uh, should be a good time. What do you guys think? Sounds like Hell yeah. yeah Let's get not? the Frenchie on the air. I need a break. Frenchie there? Yeah. I think he is. I think he is there. But uh, all right, we'll see you guys on this side. Stay tuned. Summertime has arrived, home brewers, and the fine folks at More Beer are thirsty. With the arrival of summer's heat, More Beer's got you covered with great deals on temperature control and some fantastic lawnmower beer kits. Ranko and Johnson temperature controllers, thermowells, and thermometers, as well as light and refreshing beer kits you're going to love this hot summer. Stay on top of your home brew's temperature and keep your kegs topped up, too. Summertime. Time beer and gears from your friends at More Beer and MoreBeer.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months at the, to the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Brewing TV is taken at the Stone Brewing Company. In our latest episode, we're in Escondido for a good time at the brewery and bistro, as well as some quality time spent in the garden with brewmaster Mitt Steele. Ooh, you so nasty. Will we find velociraptors hunting the ground? Will Greg Cook tattoo a Greg face on his chest? Will anyone know who the hell we are? Find out now at brewingtv.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. That was for pl- that was for please say, my friend who has a kid. Now. Maybe that'll be his kid's first words. <laughs> City lights. City lights. That's very good. We have on the line uh, Justin. Justin, are you there? <coughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah he's nice. That was chunky. I read all about that uh, that listener calling and complaining. He's like that perfect example of uh, you know one of our listeners who hates us and listens more than all the people who love us. <laughs> right. So he just listens and listens and listens for more reason to hate. So I figured I'd give him a little help. Well, Blake appreciates that. Yeah. You sound, <laughs> you sound great, my friend. You've never Is it coming out better. good? You come out great. You don't smell that bad either. Yeah. Very crisp. Yeah, you, you know, I showered this morning. I oh. actually stayed in a hotel last night oh. for the first time, so I got a shower in. How'd that feel? It felt pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm getting used to the no shower regimen, but as you I did last be- week, I wanted to um, respect our, our brewer today, Conrad, and not come in here with two weeks of 
you know, road juice on me. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Don't yeah. tell us what kind of juices those were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll keep it to myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm here with Conrad Gamoza right now, actually. He's going to sit through this first little bullshit part with me. Nice. Right on. Huh. Uh, how's the hat, man? How's, how's the hat treating you? Well, uh, we are officially in America's hat today. Uh, we just crossed the border a couple hours ago, and um, no real trouble. They uh, they did, you know, do a full cavity search on Yen. Oh, um, well, uh, it was that French passport set right. him up right there? They well, didn't trust anyway, him. and he's French, so he didn't really care anyway. Right? That's, <laughs> they probably gave him a treat. Well, because they're really polite. You know, well, Canadians I will, are. I will tell you this, to be honest. Not the border so, guards, man. You know, we left uh, Seattle this morning to get up here. We wanted to give ourselves ample time, and, and we thought we might have some trouble at the border. And we stopped in um, wherever Boundary Bay Brewery is, I want to say. Uh, Bellingham. Bellingham, thank you. We stopped there to, to just get some tasters, and we get back in the van knowing that our next stop basically is the border. And, you know, Doc, like you do, you kind of do an inventory and make sure that everything that is on your person in your vehicle is okay to cross the border. <laughs> yep, you, <laughs> you never know. I mean, I don't remember. It's been a long trip, right? Right. Um, Someone else well, could have been in there and put, it some, put some in there. Exactly. Yep. Well, put Tasty, it. you'll be happy to know that we had about five... Um, of your uh, confectionaries in the car still. Oh, <laughs> going across the border, huh? Yeah. Okay. So we had to make a decision. I said, okay, Yan, either we can just go for it, because you're going to be the one who gets deported anyway, <laughs> uh, or you can eat you five of Tasty's cookies before we go do the show tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, well. So we decided to just roll with it. We, he kept him in his bag, and we made it through the border. He's, he's not completely high right now. Okay. It's sort of high. Yeah, just a yeah. not completely. <laughs> Only half. The first time I've heard of uh, that kind of thing coming this way across the border. Usually it goes the yeah, other really way. That's right? a yeah. very good point. Well, best. Conrad, uh, you know, you're lucky because we they did make it across the border, and we'd be happy to leave one of Tasty's treats behind accidentally. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> as long as you don't have a big night ahead of you, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right, Tasty? Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Bartender, <laughs> very mild, very mild. Right, but we did get here with uh, pretty much no trouble. Uh, actually, the the you know Canadian Border Patrol is a pushover, and we ju- we kind of drove right through. Uh, got to the brewery pretty early. Um, it's a beautiful location in downtown Vancouver. I'm looking out the window right now at the, at the bay. There's cruise ships going by. My only complaint so far is that I actually had to park back in Seattle and walk to the to the brewery. Because downtown parking in Vancouver is worse than New York and and San Francisco and like anything I've ever seen. It's ridiculous, well, Conrad. Well, they got, that's how they would pay for all the social programs up here. Is that what it is? Every time you park your car, right? Well, I'm helping out. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and I think they didn't like the Volkswagen and the trailer too, because there was no trailer parking anywhere. So aside from the parking situation, it took us an hour to find parking, and then Yan and I just started drinking to make the best of it. Wow. Sounds like my time in Monterey. Yeah. Tough parking down there or just all the drinking, you mean? It was awful. No, it was like 45 minutes, man, looking around for parking. Suck. Yeah. It's just, it kind of drives me nuts when cities do that. I, I mean, clearly, and San Francisco's the same, uh, but you, clearly you guys are making a fortune on some parking and probably parking fines. I know I've paid my fair share of parking fines to the city <laughs> of San Francisco. Yeah. 
And uh, you kind of just walk around. It's, so it's a Sunday, obviously, and there's empty metered parking any, everywhere. I mean, everywhere is empty, but it's two-hour parking, and it's it's five bucks an hour, and you just start to think, man, what a racket, you know? <laughs> on a Sunday, open it up a little bit. Yeah, well, like Conrad said, you got to pay for all those social programs somehow. Well, then what's San Francisco's excuse? Because <laughs> I don't have health care down there. Well, I don't know. Their city managers make like three hundred grand a year, man. I see. That's the, those are our social programs. Is how we socially take care of the government. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but you know what? Listen, if that's my only complaint so far, I think I'm doing pretty good because pretty Vancouver good. seems to be a beautiful place to be. I'm actually surprised that the bus made it up there, man. You know, uh, it's made it all the way north now. This is as far north as we're going to go, and now all she has to do is turn around and go south. <laughs> Must be downhill in that direction. It's <laughs> mostly downhill. Yeah. And she's done fine, actually. A little trouble with third gear. She doesn't like third gear too much right now, oh. but um, you just kind of finesse her in there. You know, you just talk to her a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. Well, if it's downhill on the way home, you just kind of cut the engine and coast anyways. You don't need third. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fucking out of gas money anyway, so that's <laughs> uh, pretty much. I think I'm actually going to put up a sail and uh, try to sail most of the way home. <laughs> Just rubber clutch a little bit. Should be fine. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm listening to some of the beginning of the show, and uh, I got to uh, okay. I'm going to admit two things about our show uh, as I've been listening because I listened a little bit to the end of the show last week too. Yen and I put on the iPhone app and listen to the end of it. And I listened to some of the beginning last week and some of the beginning this week. And my first response is, we're really good, man. We're really funny. <laughs> I really like our show. I'm glad you it's, think that. I mean, I can understand why people bitch about us and, and don't want to listen to the first hour of bullshit. Right. But it's exactly the kind of radio that I want to hear. I think it's hilarious. I do so, too. Well, great. That's the first part. The other part is kind of reiterating i totally get why most people don't want to listen to the first hour. Yeah. i mean it's like it's like 12 minutes of tits and uh it's another four minutes of uh i don't know whatever jp fucked up this week and uh right. and then uh, how alabama stinks to live in and then yeah. burping i can really see both sides of it that's so what, that's why people I'm like it as, proud of us that's why people like it as drive time radio a little bit too because they're just sort of chilling out and killing time you know these guys are just talking about whatever that's not so bad for them yeah, guys like me and Doc who have ADD should not listen to this program. But well, Actually, I think you know, it's a good place to do it. I think that's exactly what you <laughs> should listen to, a program that jumps from topic to topic any number of times throughout a show. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right about that. But for the most part, it's good radio. It's, it's what I want to be listening to. So it's been a good change of pace for me just to listen from the outside in, you know. Hmm. Oh, I like it, which is probably why I'm about to announce that I'm never coming home. You're going to phone it in forever, man. be on the road. Great. Not so bad. By the time you get here, I'm just going to sell all your equipment. (laughs) Take it as a backlog. That's probably our most lucrative way to make money, man. uh, (laughs) Liquidate, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm ready to be home, actually. It's going to be a short stint home. I think we're going to take about four days just getting back there. um, And I'm ready to be home. I do really like the show format because it's fun to sit with guys like Conrad in their own brewery and walk around and get to talk about it. It's a little different than, than we normally do when we have to do these phone interviews. Um, but uh, aside from that, the, from the show format part, I, I'm ready to be home. I miss the biscuit. Yeah. She misses you, too. She's throwing up all over the studio. It's been good. <laughs> Did she throw up today? <laughs> yeah, a couple times. I heard she's been throwing up. She's probably on her way out. That bitch. Thing. So if, you, if she dies before you get back, do we just have her stuffed? 
Yeah, definitely. Just have her stop. Well, Doc, no, you got to keep her alive. You got to bring her down to the office, right. and you got to keep her alive for four days. Jack her up on something. Keep her going. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got something. Oh yeah, definitely. She'll make it. <laughs> Doc will find something. Oh, we had to do uh, surgery on our pigeon to, uh, two days ago. What kind of surgery? Uh, he was limping, and so uh, Parker and I pulled him up, and uh, he had some string wrapped around a couple of his toes and so we took those off and one wasn't looking so good so a pigeon yeah he, yeah yeah so did you chop off his toe yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you do it or did the vet do it no i did it of course he did it <laughs> a vet I, I got all the stuff there to you know to stop the bleeding and yeah and I, I, and my kids holding him and just clip and then did I, you give it any novocaine doc nah <laughs> Get his health insurance card. Yeah, You know, and they, they well originally, you know, he always had a kind of a limp, limp like wing. So my kids named him Jimmy. <laughs> and I love your kids. And because uh, uh, he's a cripple, and uh, now he's Jimmy Two Toes. <laughs> <laughs> now he's Italian somewhere. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Well, good work, Doc. I guess you saved yourself, you know, a vet bill. Yeah, or heartbroken kids because the, you know, the thing got gangrene and had to die. But hey, you know, how did that? How did that conversation go, Doc? You pull the bird in and you go, "All right, boys, I'm going to need you to hold this thing down while I remove well, the I finger." Said, I said, "You hold it, hold it tight." So you know, let's check it out. Make sure uh, let's check him out. Like this and that, and I go, "This ain't looking so good." Because oh. what do you mean? I go, He's going to have to lose the toe. <laughs> And my kid's getting all amped up for it. And I just go, click. And he goes, oh, that was easy. Oh, <laughs> and then it took a while to get him to stop bleeding. And then, you know, little neosporin and a Band-Aid. He's good. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm surprised Parker didn't ask for a second opinion. I mean, <laughs> yeah. There are more doctors besides you. Well, I, you know, I, I... Some are actually veterinarians. He didn't even flip. I think he'd do it for him next time. Okay. If he comes up. Cool. Tasty makes a good point, though. Parker is getting to be that age where, you know, you, you might not be God anymore, Doc. You might start asking for a second opinion. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I, got a, I got a while to go. I can, still ama- I can still amaze him. He has gotten this left over. Yeah. I can still shame him enough to know. Yes. All right. Well, it sounds fun. Uh, just to let everybody know, we do have the uh, webcam going, justin.tv slash brewing network, as always. And you can see uh, Conrad Gamoser here at Steamworks Brewing Company. We're in one of their um, many private rooms. How many of these private rooms do you guys have? Uh, we've got uh, three, uh, three rooms you can do functions in. They're really like big, nice, kind of fancy rooms. Yeah, people like they get married in in this room. Is that the oh, is that right? Yeah. Private room where they take your credit card and go away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, the best thing about this location so far, guys, is that I pretty much have my own private bathroom. Which, oh, nice. as you know, if I could request, I'd request it at every stop anyway. And in here, in this banquet room we're in, there's like two private bathrooms. I get to choose whichever one I want. It's pretty good. Choose the Just same one. Home. That is pretty good. Uh, There's one with a window. You got a little view there. I actually, I I stood there for a while watching the cruise ship take off. And by stood there, I mean I sat there for a while watching the cruise ship uh, take off out of the bay here. Nice. The the cam that we're getting is a really nice shot of the Wi-Fi amplifier. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Somebody says it's pointing to the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It might be moving things around right now. Here we go. 
Yen's never quite satisfied hey, with yeah, his camera. Yeah, the Frenchie. That's uh, the Frenchie. We're watching it right we're, now. We saw an ear. There's Yen. There he is. He's like the Corky of webcams. He's been here for <laughs> two yeah. hours, moving webcam from like one centimeter this way to one centimeter that way. It's kind of ridiculous. I, it all matters. I'm just tired. Of, I'm tired of talking to him about it. I just let him do it. Have him use inches. It might work better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, I hear his mom says he looks like a lion. <laughs> I'm pretty convinced right now he's got it 100 percent backwards, maybe or something. You know, it is pointing at him. We're actually, on Yan right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's nice, nice arm shot. <laughs> oh, there he is. I, hey, nice yeah. lunch meat shirt. Uh, here. Nice work. Great. You know what? I have a feeling. Uh, are you guys really seeing Yan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like monkey cam. I think it's just the wrong cam. Yeah. Okay. I know what's wrong. Then he's using the, um, <laughs> the 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 computer cam is on instead of the other camera. Yeah. Hey, yeah. You know those two windows that have the cameras on? Click the other one. Neither one of them working. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. You're gonna have to reboot away. the whole computer. Oh, okay. right. No, I'm serious. You got to reboot. Because right now the camera that's on the monitor right there with the green light on, so that's what everyone's watching. <laughs> you guys see Yan, right? Uh, let me get back. Well, no. Uh, no well, now we uh, see the ceiling. I see the ceiling. ceiling. But it was it was whatever's pointed at Yan is is what we've been. It's, what we've is been Yan doing. French for ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have him reboot and uh, yeah. we'll get that back in action. All right, no worries. Yeah, reboot those programs again if you would please, Yan. Uh, okay, so we are here at Steamworks Brewing Company with Conrad Gamoser. Uh, we're in Vancouver, British Columbia, which uh, if you didn't know uh, is Canada, guys. America's hat. Oh. Pretty great. Vivo, that's Canada. It kind of looks a lot like America, but clean and people are nice. <laughs> are they really nice? <laughs> they are really nice. Too bad. I, got like here, America. I, I got here real early and uh, I needed directions to go find stupid parking. And one of the guys who works here, I don't know if he was allowed to do this, but he basically dropped everything he was doing. He probably had 10 tables to serve or something and, and like walked me around the neighborhood to show me parking. People are just really nice here. You, so you got a, a walking tour of the parking of downtown Vancouver. Uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah, good. Pretty he said, hey, this is where you can buy heroin later. And, uh, <laughs> Too bad you're not there in uh, October. You can go see the uh, Vancouver Canucks play, Justin. I know you like your hockey. That's Conrad, hockey you must be you. a hockey fan. You're Canadian. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, a Canucks fan then? Uh, yeah, of course. You, you got to move for your local. Are you from here? Uh, I actually grew up uh, near Banff. Okay. Um, I have no idea where that is. That's, that's, that's Banff. It's, yeah, bam. That's a little easy. Um, Double F. <laughs> okay. Is that a populated um, part of Canada or a small town? It's a small town, but it's pretty popular. Okay. Yeah. And how um, long have you been down here in Vancouver? I've been here since about 94. Okay. Yeah. So it's getting to be a while. Yeah. I'm, I've lived here pretty much as long as I've lived anywhere. Okay. Yeah. I've only, I have been to Canada before a few times, but only on the East Coast. I've been to Toronto several times. Oh, okay. But I'm told that this is the nice side of, of Canada. Well, I mean, Toronto can be nice for brief periods, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Ju- Justin brought his own French guy, but he went to the wrong side. Right. That's true. The one time that I come to the, the good side, I bring the French guy, when really I needed him on the other side, right? I actually lived in Montreal for five years. That's where I went to university. So do you know some French? Uh, I, I know enough to uh, have a good time. Okay. <laughs> oh, you mean get laid? Okay, yeah, we get that. Yeah. Now, Yan tells me that, that, that French... Canadian isn't it's not even really French anymore. It's such a weird French. It's kind of like American English. <laughs> yeah, it's not even English anymore. <laughs> that makes sense to me, actually. If you put it that way, it's never made more sense to me. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean the uh, the 
from what I understand, the French in in Quebec is, is kind of like uh, kind of like a little, you know, like a bit of a time capsule. Okay, um, yeah. You know, when you go in the country, it's it's rural. It's uh, it's like when you go into probably a few states where things haven't changed quite as much as they have in other places. And yeah, we have like forty six of those states. People talk a little funny. You know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah oh, sorry. I'm not supposed to make fun of other states anymore, am well, I? I was yeah, thinking how, about Alabama. That's not funny there, don't they? You just can't name them by name. That was fine. Was yeah. Very generic. Yeah. How that dare was, you? Yeah. Even though everyone knows it's a joke, uh, a lot of people don't like it. So we're talking right. about the South, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Okay, good. I wish <laughs> generically you were here for that. South or like Boonville, hey. where they speak Boont. Boont. Right, yeah. I mean, the you know French Canadian French is pretty fun, though. Is it? I'd say it's probably a little more fun. If you're gonna gauge fun by French speaking, uh, you know. French Canadians probably a little more fun than Parisian. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. Parisian is real slangy. It's uh, kind of sloppy and slang. Not that I speak a word of fucking French. This is just from talking to these guys. <laughs> but uh, I have heard the same thing that you said that that uh, French Canadian, especially up in up in Quebec, is that kind of very old royal French that that the Parisians just don't even understand anymore. It's been so long. There's some pretty. I mean, I don't. Know, you can even tell as a non-francophone that what they're trying to say is they're trying to say it in a pretty pretty weird way okay <laughs> it's just not even to you okay like, like I, I, I really enjoyed spending time in Royal Quebec though They're, those guys they you know they like to they like to have a good time sounds like fun pretty, yeah so how long has Steamworks been a brewery here in Vancouver uh, we opened up uh, in around July 95 alright and how long have you been the brewer uh, since uh, 96 uh, fall of 96 is when I took over as the head brewer great but I've been I've been around since the very beginning. Okay, so it wasn't officially working for uh, for Steamworks. You were telling me before the show that you've actually helped uh, kind of do the construction to build the brewery downstairs. Yeah, back in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I was working for an architect in the building. He's actually the guy who renovated this building. I mean, it's uh, an old warehouse, about a hundred years old, and he was the architect who designed the renovation in the eighties. And I just happened to be working in his office, and I was a home brewer. And, and uh, they were basically called me in to lay me off and said, well, we've got to lay you off, but we're building this brew pub. And you uh, want to work on the construction crew for that while you're, while we, you know, until we maybe get busy enough to hire you back. While we fire you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, sure, I'll do that. I, I had construction experience. Okay. It's a big um, okay. Were you a home brewer at that time? I, at that point, I was sort of right in the. I was, you know, I was probably about a couple of years into all grain brewing, and and it was, you know, that was what I spent all my spare time doing. Okay. Um, so yeah. working on a brew pub was kind of uh, perfect. Yeah, I was I was really excited to uh, to be involved in it. Okay. And got to know the brewers, of course, and you know, I I was. Uh, Told all the guys on the crew what what to do and what not to do around the tanks. I mean, I actually started brewing before the place was officially open. You kind of have to do that sometimes. Yep. Um, so I was trying to help the brewers kind of keep things a little under control in the brewing zone, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and so from that, did you end up the assistant brewer here, or? Yeah, I mean, what happened is the is the brewery opened up. We got it all going. Um, I went back to the office, uh, and then um, around six months in, they. Uh, the it has the place was successful instantly. We got a really good location here, and it just took off. and uh, And they decided to open another place in Vancouver Island. Okay. So they sent their assistant brewer off to be the head brewer, and uh, and the brewer at the time was a really interesting uh, woman named Shirley Warren. Um, she was like, you, you know, any sort of dumb guys. 
<laughs> is, this is how she was looking for brewers. That's a good referral. Hey, I said, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, I could do that. <laughs> so, would you classify Great. yourself uh, as a mimbo? Dumb guys. A male bimbo. I think I was a little smart. She okay. was looking for, but uh, she just didn't want any sass. I think that was her. That was her thing. Oh, yeah. You were a female brewer. She didn't want some. You were overqualified. <laughs> some guy who thought he was smart. What's that, JP? No, I was just making a dumb joke about overqualification. Wow. <laughs> the Skype thing doesn't work so well. If, if, look, your dumb jokes are even worse over Skype. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I, get, I thought I can oh, get right in there, but it's, uh, yeah. That's because you're in Canada. <laughs> oh, it's the stupid delay. It ends up sounding like we're ordering uh, cheeseburgers really late at night at Jack in the Box over here. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. But yeah, I think for a while it was a little interesting. I mean, I was, I'd come in in the morning, clean some tanks. Go upstairs uh, to the office, sit down at my my office job, and and do some drawings, and and uh, it was it was a kind of a little bit of half and half for a while. Okay, and then uh, at a certain point, the office got busy, the brew pub got busy, and my boss was like, "Well, I think you have to decide what job you want." And uh, I said, "Well, that, that's pretty easy. <laughs> go go on to brew beer." Yeah, so I just took a little left turn there, and uh, I've, I've been really happy ever since. Okay, so you've been the head brewer here since '96. Yeah, yeah. The the, the brewer surely the brewer I was working under left to do her own project on the East Coast, and um, I was pretty green. But my the you know both the owners at the time you know knew me well and had faith in me. Uh, you know they possibly were a little naive, but. Uh, you know, the, Which probably uh, worked in your favor. Yeah, it did, yeah, and so I got a chance to uh, have, you know just sort of do my thing, and it, it worked out really well. So you really went from home brewer to part time assistant brewer to head brewer pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, you know, I'd say if I was sort of giving advice to someone who was home brewing, I wouldn't advise them to make that jump that quickly. Okay, you know, depending on the kind of place, because you know, you're when you're running the show, uh, you know, you, there's only so much room to screw things up yeah you, know, you gotta you gotta make sure you gotta make sure that there's beer on tap and it's okay um but i you know i didn't really have a it wasn't a, i don't it wasn't really i don't remember it being a hard time i was pretty passionate i was really serious i spent all my time reading about beer making beer thinking about beer you know i kind of knew at one point when i was reading a beer magazine and uh and i thought wow when was the last time i read an architecture magazine and i, I kind of <laughs> right. Realized that you know I was pretty I was pretty passionate about beer. Sure, it was the yeah. last time you were bored to death. Is the last time you read an architecture <laughs> magazine. <laughs> I had fun going to school. I just wasn't loving loving working in that field. Okay, um, it would be scary though making that kind of jump to brewer because, like you said, the the, the brewery was an instant success. Mm-hmm. And it does seem now now we're going to talk about the beer course today, which is it's really great beer. You're doing a good job here. Thanks. But it, because of the amount of tables and chairs here, it's really a restaurant-centric place as well. Yeah. So I can imagine that coming in as the brewer and as a novice brewer, that's kind of scary because you're, you must have been selling a lot of beer even back then, and it better be good. Yeah, I mean, back then we weren't, we weren't going through nearly the same kind of volume as we were now. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I actually felt pretty comfortable just based on the amount of work I'd done in the brewery up until that point. Um, I kind of knew how things were running. I mean... You know, I learned a lot of things since then, and I think if I, you know, I think I, uh, if I'd known how much there was to learn, I probably would have been daunted. But I was just young and full of full of beans and excited. So I, perfect, <laughs> go for it. Yeah, but you know, back then we had a little more time to mature beers. They didn't have to be ready like right on time. 
Okay. Um, that helped, you know, that sort of thing. You know, now we're in a situation where, yeah, there's just a lot less wiggle room. You gotta, you gotta know how things are going to work ahead of time. You guys are, are beyond capacity now. Is that right? Yeah, we're probably we're bringing in about twenty percent of our beer. We got a, a local brewery uh, who are making beer on contract for us. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we're so we're essentially we're beyond maxed out. Kind of an interesting situation to be in. Well, so just so we can get and, and the guys in the studio too can get just kind of a picture. You know, what size is your is your brew house? We're a ten barrel brewery, so twelve twelve hectoliter. And how many times a week are you having to brew? You've only got four fermenters, right? Uh, we have three. One's a double. Okay. So the most we can do per week is four. Um, when we're going to maximum schedule, we're kind of doing. Four, four, and two. So it's like a little more than three breweries a week, which is, you know, for a brewery is not, you know, most breweries, some breweries are doing three breweries a day. Sure. Um, but it's, you know, we're for a small footprint brewery, we're, we're still pumping out a lot of beer. And then, so you're going through all of that that you're brewing, plus you're buying like 10 barrels a week from your contract brewers? Yeah, right? pretty much 10 or more. Yeah. That's a lot of beer from yeah. one location. Yeah, like we're probably doing at least 50, well, close to 50 barrels of beer or barrels a week. Uh, probably somewhere between 40 and 50 right now. Okay. Yeah. It's really a lot. They have a really cool brew system, guys, that I'll try to send uh, a, a picture of. Who makes it? Uh, Newlands. Newlands, which yes. is a Canadian company. Yep. Yeah, they're about an hour and a half uh, east of us in Abbotsford. And I've seen their equipment across the Pacific Northwest, too. In fact, uh, we saw it at Elysian just last week in Seattle. Yep. Uh, but it's really nice, like, copper-jacketed system, and it's... Uh, you, uh, I should have guessed, but I didn't because I'm a little slow. But you guys probably could have guessed. It's a steam system here at Steamworks, uh, <laughs> even though it's a small setup. But the cool thing about it um, that Conrad was telling me is um, they have like a a city. I guess it's private, but it runs across the city. Um, a steam main, like this big steam pipe, right? Wow. Running underground across the city that certain businesses use. Yeah. Yeah, it's right in, the, right in the back of our office. It happens to run right underground through the, the office, uh, Conrad's back office, which is just behind the brewery. You can actually go back there and, and see the pipe. So they just, it, rather than having to have their own boiler or any way to make their own steam, they can just take off of the city main, and that's how they get the steam for all their steam-jacketed stuff. So how, how long has that that's been? That's pretty there? nice. You... Uh, when the, how, uh, how old is that system? Well, I, I'm not sure how old it is. I mean, I'm, there's probably been steam in the city for a long time. Yeah. Like all I know is the the the, con- the company that like it's a private utility. They're called Central Heat. Um, they've got a you know a bunch of uh, natural gas boilers right near the the hockey stadium, um, and uh, they've they've got they've got lines running all over the place. Um, and yeah, when we did the rental here, they just, uh, I remember standing around with the guys we were working on the place and they said, what the hell's that? And, uh, they, you know, they talked to the building guys and they figured out the steam. Main. It was kind of like, yeah. I don't know. Hit it with a hammer and see what comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, we got the, there's the, we're, we're right in the touristy part of uh, Vancouver. There's, it's water street. It's, it's kind of the. The street, you, you get off your cruise ship and you walk down, and, and there's a t shirt shop every uh, few stores. <laughs> right. um, and there's, there's this thing called the steam clock, and it's been there since the 80s, I think. And it's a clock, it's got whistles, and and in every 15 minutes, the steam whistles go, and, and there's like, and there's always a crew of people around taking pictures of it, right? And that's the that kind of taps into the steam line, so you know, it's kind of 
kind of we get to say, oh yeah, we we're using the same steam as the steam clock down the road. Right. <laughs> well, but even though it's gimmicky um, in that sense, I still find it kind of cool, and it's definitely efficient. I mean, especially considering your space. Yeah. Because you don't have to have anything to create your own steam. You literally just take it off of the main. Yeah. I mean, if we had to run a steam boiler, we would have some gnarly little room in the basement, and it would be it would just be a real pain in the butt. It's great. It's, it's really nice to be able to yeah to use the steam from the from the steam line. And how many different beers are you are you putting out here with with that small system? Well, we do, we do serve eight at a time. And now we're two of those are coming in from another brewery now. Okay. Uh, so we're always running six. Uh, we have four of those, or like well, six of our eight beers are regular beers, and then we have two seasonals. Um, one, you know, one of our regulars uh, is a, is a wheat beer, and that line we play with a bit. In the summer, we do a Belgian wheat. Uh, I got a Bavarian wheat coming on soon. Um, I like to do uh, like kind of a variation on a Dunkelweizen uh, from time to time on that line too. Okay, nice. Yeah. So, do you have a lot of autonomy uh, to to do what you want? It sounds like you you kind of have to do some standards for for the place, but then you get to play around a little. Yeah, I mean, I actually this is a great place uh, to be a brewer, um, even with a regular brews. Um, you know, I'm I'm not having anyone tell me what to do with the with our regular beers. Okay, but so I, if you want to tweak your pale ale, you can do that. Yeah, I mean, I tend to have a lot of respect for. For the kind of recipe that's going on, I, you know, you don't want to take a beer like that and just change it up on the fly in a big place like this. Yeah. Um, you know, even say our IPA, I tend to keep. You know, we got a lot of regulars have been around for a long time. You know, you got to have respect for for those people. Sure. Um, but I, you know, I have still, you know, sometimes our IPA say has changed. Uh, you know, that we were using East Kent Goldings for a while. I kind of do a little bit English style, and and the East Kent Goldings just weren't amazing. And they were, weren't getting any more amazing, and so I switched the fuggles and and fiddled around with the recipe a little bit. But I wasn't trying to like blow the, you know, trying to take a left turn with the IPA or anything like that. Sure. Um, but I have that freedom at least. I and, did notice I had both your pale ale and your IPA, mm-hmm. JP. I think you would have liked this out here quite a bit. Yeah, um, was that? They're both. Well, they're both. Um, well, you, I wouldn't quite have said English style, although I think that's pretty accurate. You said you know you, you went a little more English style with the IPA. They influenced by English style, yeah. They're definitely influenced by it. So, in other words, uh, so the pale ale was. I love the pale ale, and to me, it was it was close to like a, a real English bitter. So it had a good malt flavor. Um, the hop flavor was just that. It was flavor and aroma, not so much bitterness. So I really liked it. And I could consider that, for me, like a East Coast slash even moving over to like an English style. And then the same with the IPA. Now, I've had an IPA in Canada before on the other side. Yeah. And it was the worst thing I ever had. It was terrible. And I wouldn't have even called it an English IPA or an American IPA or Canadian. I guess maybe it was. A, I don't know what it was. But it was a muddled, uh, it was a very muddled, non-distinctive beer that was neither malty or hoppy. Was and it in Toronto? Uh, in Toronto. Was it an octoroon? water to work with out there. It might have been, yeah. Yours, though, was it had a great malt flavor, plus it was hoppy, but again, not bitter like a like a West Coast IPA. And maybe that's why I'm kind of bringing you in, JP. Uh, this, I would have recommended this one for you, even though you probably would have fought me uh, when I ordered it for you. <laughs> well, that's true. But I probably would have done that just on sheer principle alone, even if you got me a water. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I definitely want to. Uh, I, I, we got to get to break here pretty soon. But uh, I, 
we've got a lot of your beers to talk about, but I did want to talk about the way that you you do your pale ale and your IPA because where we come from, um, you know, down there in the Bay Area, uh, stuff gets pretty hoppy, even our pale ales. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of a good balanced pale ale, and I think you have one here. Yeah, I mean, here, like I say, for the pale ale, there's kind of a bit of a tradition in BC that's not quite sure if it's. I mean, I think there is a little more. English influence, or there was traditionally. Um, you know, now there's there's a lot of hoppy beers happening here too, not to the same extent, but I think um, there's been a bit of a tradition of uh, pale ales in BC that are darker and more okay. malty, um, and I think that's we're kind of taking the lead from that. I mean, the original pale ale that was brewed here by Shirley, she called the not so pale ale, and it was actually a pale ale with quite a bit of caramel color, and it was a cool beer, um, and so you know. Our original pale ale kind of was was based on her take on the pale ale, which you know she kind of pulled the pale. Her her pale ale was a dark darkish pale ale, malty pale ale. Okay, and and our, my I kind of like a little more, little less malty, but still kind of kind of kind of keeping some malt character in there. It's still kind of a deep red to it. Yeah. It's not dark. Yeah. I, I would certainly call it the the right color for a pale ale, but it is yeah. it's it's deeper. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the kind of original pale ales in BC was uh, Okanagan Spring, and and that was always had a lot of color to it. Um, I'm not, I haven't had that beer in a long time. They've they've kind of gone through a bunch of ownership changes, but uh, but there was a, always a tradition of a uh, pale ale being pretty dark in BC. Okay, um, and that's kind of a regional peculiarity. All right. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? Um, and when we come back, we can talk about uh, some of these beers. I do want to talk, uh, you know, just a little bit about even the the Canadian beer scene um, and maybe sure, yeah. a bit of its history, the, the craft beer scene, because we don't know a lot about it. I'll be honest with you. So I'd, I'd like to know a little bit about how it developed and then just go right into your beers because we had some interesting conversations before the show. Sure. So what do you think, guys? Can we uh, take a break? Yeah, we're ready for it. Good. All right, let's do it then. All right, baby. <laughs> All right, let's go. Power Rangers. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good, right? All yeah, right, guys. Back in a minute. Now I can hear it. There we go. All right, we are live uh, from Steamworks Brewery in Vancouver, Canada with uh, Conrad, and we'll be right back to talk about some of this beer. Hang in. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. <laughs> 
Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside Dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops. Hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. The Brewcaster. The Brewcaster. On the Brewing Network. All right, and we're back. Uh, we're back ish. Uh, I wanted to uh, to quell any sort of rumors that uh, Nate is Doc and Doc is Nate. We are in the room at the same time. You guys are in the room at the same time. We just don't talk at the same time. Yeah, we're actually the same person. Not. I just wanted to quell that. <laughs> Jay- I don't know where that started. I love that rumor, though. I think that's pretty awesome. It's yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah, I think it somehow started at the NHC because we were never seen at the same time yeah. in the same room at that event. I wasn't passing out the good stuff like Doc was. I had a, I had a lot of beer on tap. I didn't quite have the uh, theoretical beverages that Doc had at that event. <laughs> I think you did. I had drinks down. I, I got you know, to taste them. I wasn't them. sure you two weren't the same either. Yeah, I see. You know, Justin knows uh, all I, about this. That's the first thing, thing I thought. I asked JP, is both uh, Doc and Nate coming to the studio today? 
And the reason I wanted to know is because I wanted to make sure you guys weren't the same person. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually around the corner, right? Yeah, but since there's no webcam, we really don't know. Oh. I yeah, do have the doc soundboard. We're all in yeah. stealth mode over sometimes here. I think, uh, sometimes I think Nate is just, uh, just doc with hair. <laughs> too much hair indeed. Well, yeah, Nate is Doc with hair and two feet. Because he's taller than. <laughs> oh, God. Never mind. <laughs> is everyone else on Skype delay or what? That was I funny. might is. I think that, that was, was humor good. delay. That was really bad. <laughs> Thank you, Bevo. Sorry. What was that, I think Bevo? That, that should be JP. That was new, just really uh, bad. Mo. Um, we need to get a t shirt that says, I'm on Skype delay. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the new. Uh, that could be a shirt of mine. I can do it. Skype is just straight up censoring him at this point. I don't even think it's a delay. <laughs> just doesn't like me. I think. I think Canadians yeah. have a, a politeness filter on their internet. Just one more thing. <laughs> oh, is man. Bevo there today? Yeah, Bevo's here. Hi. Do you miss me, Bevo? No. She brought her boobs. <laughs> the boobs I'm actually oh, really I'm- enjoying JP taking over. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I like that part. Take over what? I heard you got hit on the other day, Bevo. That's so Sobrani. gross. What? Yes, I did. Oh. Uh, let's hear about that one. Yeah, I got to hear that. It was like a hundred months pregnant, Conrad, just so you know. <laughs> she's really pregnant. I'm she's really seven pregnant. Seven and a half months she's pregnant. Got, she's actually got like seven and a half months pregnant, and, right. and she lives in the ghetto. She got hit on in the ghetto the other day. <laughs> hey, speaking did they of. they say, like, look at that sweet ass or something? Or what was the, what was the pickup line? Hey, girl, what you doing later on? I don't know, having a kid? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even, like, I didn't even respond. I was just like, really? (laughs) I'm going to be putting lotion all over my belly. Sitting on my hemorrhoid pillow. (laughs) I'm going to be soaking my disgusting, swollen, tired feet. Yeah, not taking a crap. And probably eating ice cream, yeah, and bitching about being constipated. I don't know. I'm going to have a kid, have a beer, and take a nap. Pretty much in that order. Hey, right. did you hear the beginning of the show, Justin, where we talked about uh, Chicken Boy Plissé? No. No. Uh, no. Oh, he, uh, he, him Is and his wife had his kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations, John Plissé. On the nice. third, it's a little girl. And uh, I tried to get him on the air, but he's just like, I'm too tired, dude. I was like, all right. That's fine. He just wanted a shout out. So. He didn't give the hell is he tired from? I don't know, right? Well, he goes. He goes. Our feeding schedule, or my feeding schedule, is every two hours with Anna. I don't know why he has to be up uh, while she, um, you know, he has, to, he, has to, he has to start the other tap. What fun is it if you can't hold the food? <laughs> yeah, I guess not, right? You got it. You, you got it in nine months ago. You got to guide it in again. There's a little something called too much codependence. Yes. <laughs> They're not making any judgment. But. Well, well, congratulations, John. Please say I'm glad yeah. you had a healthy baby. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, everyone's doing great. So, all right. Okay. Speaking of healthy babies, I'm drinking some of Conrad's beer over here, <laughs> and um, uh, we've got a couple of thi- a couple different beers to talk about. What I wanted him to to get out first, though, was this IPA we were just talking about, because I think. Um, a lot of the IP re- IPA recipes that we give on the show tend to be pretty West Coast centric and and yeah. pretty hoppy, and I think this is a different approach to an IPA that maybe our listeners would be interested just in hearing a little bit about. So maybe you could tell us about the malt and, and hops that go into it, and what was your idea? Sure. Yeah. I mean, like you know, when it first started out, I think uh, you know, in some ways we were trying to do 
something that wasn't just emulating 100% the kind of West Coast style. Um, we do have a lot of, uh, like, we have a lot of regulars who are Brits. Uh, we're right by the newspaper building, and for whatever reason, there's a bunch of uh, crusty old Brits who uh, work there. Okay. Like to come down, and um, as a home brewer, originally I was a little interested in the British style. Um, but I, you know, I this one is not exactly trying to emulate 100% British British style uh, IPA. We started off originally using uh, a lot of uh, East Kent Goldings, and then eventually I kind of I ended up going with Fuggles. Uh, I mean, I quite like Fuggles; um, they're an interesting hop. Okay, I still use a little bit of Simcoe. Uh, which is not a British shop. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Um, but you just kind of—I like just to add a little bit of uh, a little bit of zing or spice to it. Um, as far as malts go, um, you know, we're just using a uh, Canadian two-row. Uh, we're using Cara uh, Twenty from Dingamans. Um, it's a, it's not a very dark caramel malt, and and a little bit of and some Munich malt. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, so there's some there's some caramel character. It's right now. I would actually say personally, the I'm on this batch. The caramel is kind of coming out a little more than I would like. Um, but there's we're trying to find a balance there uh, between the the caramel and the and the malt character. I would say that if that's the case, then I really would like to try it when when you think it's dialed in because uh, tasty and and Chad, you'll be happy to know that this really dries out. The, the finish is really dry, finish, yeah. like a West Coast IPA. I love that. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot on the show. When we do want to go for our big beers and our big hoppy beers, we still want that finish to just dry up and go away. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, IPA is tricky because uh, if you want your hops, to, to, the fruit character in your hops to, to come out, there's got to be sugar there. Okay. Like, if you don't have sugar, you're just going to get, it's just going to be bitter. Um, that's what I find. I, don't know, I like it's. It's uh, to me. You still got a, the big. You know, in those big hoppy beers, if you don't have sugar, you can't carry the hop flavor. Okay. So, what are the gravities on this beer? Uh, uh, finishing. This know? one is uh, about thirteen Plato. Now, are you guys mostly dealing in specific gravity, or, or we uh, are? But yeah. they got a chart behind them. They can do the conversion. Okay. Like usually, you just multiply by four. Yeah, like they probably 10, do that too. 10, I'm the idiot with the, who uses yeah, the chart. Ten fifty two, ten fifty four, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I'm only you know as far as calculating bitterness from your bittering hops I'm only going for forty, but you know there's you still get a lot of perceived bitterness from the from the uh, finished hops. Sure. Are you dry hopping also? I'm not dry hopping. I have dry hopped this beer. Um, I'm kind of on a. I mean, I'm just in a. I, at one point, I was not happy with the hops that I was getting for dry hopping, and I stopped dry hopping, and I actually liked it better. I'm not anti-dry hopping. Just in this particular beer, I just happened to uh, drift away from dry hopping it. I think it's enough on the cusp of an IPA that I'm used to that if you dry hopped it, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. I wouldn't have said that it's just there, but not yeah. quite the West Coast, because it doesn't have that big green danky hop flavor to it like like yeah. some of our ipas and i mean i think you again with dry hopping you got to pay attention to having a beer with enough balls to kind of carry the dry hop flavor too like the depending on what you're doing i don't know i've, I've had some beers that have been too dry hop too much where you're getting a stringent character okay out of the dry hops i don't know it's one of those things i just yeah this particular beer i kind of got away from it and, i think it was a good choice yeah Imagine doing an IPA without dry hopping, Tasty. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> sounds crazy. You lose the only Casey's going to say that's not an IPA, yeah. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to dry hop. <laughs> you might say that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I tell you, it's. I think that that would have been the one thing that, that put it over the edge for me. That I would have said, oh, "Okay, it's another IPA," but the fact that it doesn't have that big flavor made it just—it's pretty unique beer. I like it. Uh, what about the pale ale? Do you uh, dry hop that? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, that, and that one I actually pulled. You know, it's a lot less hoppy than the than the IPA. Oh yeah. Although it's you know it's a little bit lower gravity, ten forty eight. Okay. Um, I think if you dry hop that, Yan and I were talking about this before the show. Yeah. Then I would call it an English bitter with that big kind of cask dry hop flavor. Yeah, yeah. Because it has the same really good malt profile. It's a balanced beer. Had you dry hopped it, I would have just called it a bitter. Yeah, I mean, that one actually probably has a little more sweetness. You could dry hop it. It might be interesting to see what that would be like. Just split the batches. It's good. (laughs) Dry hop one of them, call it a bitter. Do the other one, just keep it. Because I loved it as a pale ale. That'll be my go-to. When when you finish uh, giving me all these other high alcohol beers, I'll be going back to your pale ale. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, with our pale ale, I'm trying to keep it pretty simple, too. We're, you know, we're, we get a lot, a real mixed crowd here. A lot of, like, there's business people, tourists. You know, we got to have a couple beers that are really easy for people to kind of wrap their minds around. Sure. Um, so that you know, lager and the pale ale, those those ones have got to be easy to drink. Yeah, yeah. Now we were talking about yeast selection before the show too. You and I, um, is it the same yeast for your IPA and your pale ale? Yeah, I mean all our ales, uh, the ale, the, our ales we use the same strain. Um, it's a Y yeast, uh, English ale yeast strain. Okay, um, thirteen eighteen. If if people are interested. Okay, they yeah. are. Yeah. Okay, and you also though you you kind of propagate your own too. Is that yeah, right? I keep some slants, and uh, you know, I for I'll keep them going for maybe a couple of years, um, and so I'll like I'll I'll grow them up from slants, and I I do like playing around with different yeast strains. Okay. So why yeast kind of likes that you use their yeast, but hates you that you only call yeah, it a couple of years? Customer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's actually really so. cool, guys, especially from a homebrew level because um, his uh, office slash closet slash lab slash place that you probably hang out when you're not brewing yeah, slash garbage pile <laughs> yeah. uh, has this like a mini lab basically where he's got a, just a little fridge up there with a whole bunch of slants probably as much as you have in the fridge at any one time chad it's kind of cool to see cool and you've got a um now I, I called it a pressure cooker but it's a little more than that back there to sterilize things when you're do when you are working with yeast right yeah it's a sterilizer i mean it's it's basically essentially a, a big pressure cooker that's designed for sterilizing stuff okay um i bought it based on the fact that i can fit two gallon jugs in it okay um in my big. my labware is uh i i do have culture tubes but uh when i'm stepping up my yeast i go to juice jars and then I go to uh, apple juice jugs. Okay, that's my labware. It's Wait, pretty I mean, scientific. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It actually makes great labware. If you know, if you break one, you don't have to go running to your scientific, uh, yeah, you know, supplier or anything like that. I, I've sent people to Trader <laughs> Joe's for the same thing. Oh yeah, I don't have anything to grow up my yeast in. <laughs> Just uh, go to Trader Joe's. Yeah, and get, get some, some apple, apple juice. juice. Tastes great. It's gone in a day. Yep, they got a jug. And they got a nice starter. jug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually prefer, you know, if you have an Erlenmeyer flask, you got to put a, a stopper in it, and you got to put something in so it'll vent, and then you got to cover that up, and, you know, apple juice 
jug has a, a lid that, that wraps over top of the of the threads and it's i kind of prefer it actually yeah it makes sense so it's good to see for me guys especially back at home um I've noticed this a couple of times now at the breweries that I've been to on the road. More and more small breweries, I think, are taking the advice of the larger breweries and having a small lab and paying attention more to what the yeast is doing rather than just buying a pitch and going for it. You guys are, are you know, even the smaller ones who I think there was a time where if you it was the last thing you thought about doing was having any kind of uh, yeast work or lab work. And, and, and now a lot of you guys are doing that to, in your case, it sounds like it's to play with more yeast strains. Yeah, I mean, when I got into it, I just was really excited about that part of the brewing process. And so I was fooling around. I wanted some yeast to experiment with and that's kind of how it started i wasn't initially planning on on uh you know growing my yeast from slants all the time you know i was using nottingham as our house yeast okay um still a yeast i use actually from time to time i just don't use it as our main yeast but you know i I wanted to see what this yeast would taste like and that yeast would taste like and that's sort of what led to the to uh, keeping a, a little bank of slants okay now, one another thing we were talking about, since we're talking about yeast now that I, I wanted to get into, and uh, it's, it always comes back to Tasty and whether he's finding or filtering. What are you doing this week, Tasty? <laughs> I'm, I'm filtering this week. Actually, nice. I think this week you have a shaman. I'm back to filtering. You have a shaman you're over filtering. your kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've given up on the finding. <laughs> Just blessing his beer clean? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Hoping you, it? Yeah. You put, hang okay. a little talisman well, on it. Well, <laughs> Right. I'm done. Well, Conrad here does use findings, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it, especially because one thing that you mentioned to me, Conrad, was um, how different yeast are reacting to the different, you know, to the to how you're using findings, and how some just won't, and, and some will. Can you give us a little instruction on that? Well, yeah, I mean, we've always find our beer. That's uh, you know, when I started here, that was uh, the brewer I worked under. That's what she was doing was using gelatin findings. Um, and, uh, I had no experience filtering. I'm actually, you know, I'm a, I'm a whatever, like I've been, you know, working more than 15 years in the brewing industry. I just still don't know how to filter. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> against, I'm not against filtering. Uh, but you know, you, you can, uh, get really good results finding we, we do, you know, we are, we're like a busy brew pub and, and we find all our beers and it works good, but yeast selection is critical. Like some strains will find nicely. Some strains won't find at all. Or find really poorly. Okay, uh, so give us some examples of that. What what do you uh, find will find? And and I, I assume that sometimes you're looking at the amount of time it takes for it to clear too. That's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, with us, we don't have a lot of time all the time. Um, Nottingham, you know, that was our house yeast we used from way back when. That one finds really well. Uh, 1968 is an example. Why yeast 1968 is an example of yeast that finds really nicely. Okay. Um, you know, with our house yeast, actually what we do is we use 1318 and uh, about 48 hours. And when I'm culturing from when I'm starting up a culture, I actually add a little bit of Nottingham in at 48 hours. Um, and... and Basically, the interaction between the two strains uh, creates uh, a culture that will fine. Okay. Whereas thirteen and eighteen on its own uh, leaves a lot of yeast haze in place if you try fining. So they just end up kind of sticking together to drop out. Yeah, yeah. And there's things like you know when you're dealing with lager yeast, you can have some lager yeast don't fine nicely. Uh, you know, say you look at uh, California, uh, the the um, 
the California lager yeast, the uh, Y yeast twenty one twelve. Um, you know, if you mix that with a lot another lager yeast, you can it can help it fine. Okay. Um, you know, like that's twenty one twenty one twelve is an example of a yeast that finds like a hot dam. Um, some of them, some of them don't. So, so in with a yeast like that in in fining, are we just talking about gel, gelatin? As yeah, a, okay. I, yeah, I'm using gelatin. I've experimented with other findings too. There's a little bit of lore out there about you know Isinglass being superior to gelatin. Uh, I don't really buy it. I think Isinglass is good for casks. Okay. Uh, it's you know supposedly has better resettling characteristics. Um, but you know they're essentially both collagen. Um, I think uh, I've never found Isinglass to work better in our brew house than gelatin. Okay. Uh, gelatin's pretty easy to deal with. The only downside is it's hot. You know, you got to mix it up with your. You got to get it mixed with your beer properly. Otherwise, you just create a bunch of jello that sinks to the bottom of your tank. So, how are you doing that? Uh, it's pretty old school. We uh, we we mixed up some gelatin in a, in a uh, you know like a twenty liter bucket. Um, when we start our transfer, we get the beer flowing in. We dump the gelatin in. I, I reach in there with a the sanitized spoon and I get it mixed up really well in the bright tank. Is that what we're bright, talking about? Yeah, in the okay. bright tank. Yeah, we got a standpipe. So that there can be a layer of sediment, okay. um, and it's just important to make sure you get it mixes properly. Then we transfer, you know, with enough uh, speed that there's uh, that, that it mixes. Okay. Um, but yeah, my only times I've had issues is when I'm dealing with some uh, different yeast strains, and I find out that they just don't like to find nicely. So, what are some examples of those yeast strains, that, if you can remember? Uh, well, I used to really like Tang Four uh, when I was homebrewing um, the Irish uh, ale yeast. Okay. And I found that that one really worked well for bottle conditioning it kind of stuck to the bottom of the bottle i found it fine really nicely when i was brewing in a carboy and when i tried uh brewing in a tank setting it just didn't find it i got like a third of my tank was this kind of hazy wow zone and i've seen that in you know we have tall and barrel tanks um you can end up with a kind of chunky layer in your tank um and you know a ten barrel tank doesn't behave the same as a as a five gallon carboy. Yeah. Um, so I think you can get away with finding a lot more yeast strains probably at home, most likely. Okay. Uh, when you're bottle conditioning, you can do is all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I've I've had to, I've had discussions with some yeast people who, you know, are real proponents of using powdery yeast for bottle conditioning, like yeast that doesn't like to flocculate mm-hmm. because it creates a dusty sediment in your bottle. So once it does settle out, it doesn't make you don't get the chunky thing going on. Okay, that sort of thing. But yeah, I've had some. You know, I've tried a few strains out. Uh, I think I tried thirteen thirty eight before, and and if I remember, I'm I'm getting grasping a bit here, but I I remember like that one not finding at all, uh, or just not finding very well. You know, and it's a tough situation to be in when you're a brew pub and you've got like <laughs> a third of your tank is kind of muddy. Yeah. Uh, it's, Kinda that sucks. A little distressful, yeah. Are uh, your beer drinkers here pretty discerning about clarity? Well, what I find is uh, the beers that are hardest to find, like IPA, I mean, when you're dealing with a lot of hops, you just get some issues with protein and hop polyphenols that create some haze. You get a little bit of chill haze going on. That also kind of keeps a little bit of yeast from dropping out. Sometimes, um, you know, like, I mean, this IPA has got it's got chill haze, not not drastic. It's pretty but, clear, though. Yeah, um, the IPA drinkers aren't that fussed when when a batch comes out and it starts off a little hazy. 
but you know, but the lager's got to be bright. Yeah, like lager drinkers want they want their lager to look bright, and you know, I kind of respect that. I mean, I think that makes sense. It doesn't. Uh, the lager doesn't taste as good when it's not bright. Um, so I, maybe that's your best example of a great uh, finding yeast because you're not filtering that lager still, right? So what yeast is that? That one, we're actually uh, using um, a dried yeast, uh, the DCL S23 or SAF lager, they call it. Okay. And, you know, like, I don't know, when I started, uh, when I kind of went from homebrewing to to uh, working as a, as a professional brewer, you know, dried yeast was bad. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, good liquid culture was good. Uh, now there's some really great dried yeast out there. I mean, I wish I could get every strain dried. Be amazing. Um, it's. Uh, I think JP. What is that for us at when, when we go to some of our homebrew shops and some of our sponsors? That's just like the Safale dried yeast that yeah. he's talking about. Yeah, the Safale and Saf Lager. It's just Safale and Saf Lager. Okay. Yeah, made so by. They, I think the origin of the S23. Made by who? Sorry, Fermentus. Is the brand, but yeah, mm-hmm. safe ale and safe lager. Fermentus. Fermentus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they have some their their lager strains are great. Um, the S twenty three, I think, it, or his origin is the uh, VLB in in Berlin, um, and it's a salt it's a sulfury lager lager strain. Um, and actually, that one I fool around with a bit too. I add a little bit of the twenty one twelve to it. Okay. And it just sort of sits there in the background and helps uh, the yeast fine. Do you add that all at the same time when you say? No, you I kind of with what I do with that one is I want the I want the main strain to kind of get a hold of the fermentation, and just when there's a little bit of extract left from the fermentation, that's when I add in the twenty one twelve. Okay. And twenty one twelve is the yeast that doesn't like to ferment cold. It's a it kind of prefers warm temperatures. I mean, if you do it on do it on its own, it it'll kind of poop out a bit if you're fermenting at say fifty Fahrenheit. Um, it prefers to be warmer. I mean, that's the Traditionally, the way it's used is a warm fermentation, so it doesn't really take over the fermentation, but it will help. You know, you can you can do a lot with combining yeast strains. Okay. Uh, as far as getting your yeast to fine. Right. Okay. Um, that's just, and that was just probably. I think I got into that just out of desperation. <laughs> just <laughs> when I'm needing it started. to fine, yeah. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of worked out well. But okay. even, even the our wheat beer, like I like I use two different Belgian strains. Um, that really has more to do with flavor. Um, I think there's a uh, there's a lot of reasons to play around with more than one yeast strain. Okay. Well, it sounds like good stuff, I think, for homebrewers to be able to do, too, especially because yeast is fairly cheap for us to yeah. uh, be able to just do some different strains. Well, and it can make, I mean, if you're using, especially in Belgian, uh, Belgian styles of beer, when you're dealing with a lot of, when, you're, when yeast flavor is one of the main, kind of, uh, the main uh, parts of the beer that you're looking for, uh, you know, mixing yeast strains can... And uh, create an interesting beer. Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to point out, guys, back there, about how you how you can be sure that a brewer from a, a country other than the United States knows how lazy us Americans are, is when he automatically just converts it to Fahrenheit for us. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have to ask I every that. time. Like in one sense, I'm thankful about it, but in the other sense, when I think about what's behind it, I know. Oh, he just knows I'm a lazy fucking idiot. You do realize that. You guys are kind of on your own on this, eh? We do. We totally. We're not even naive about it yeah, anymore. Yeah. We know. Which is probably why we just hang on to it like stubborn eight-year-olds. Okay, yeah, I think there's something said for that. We, we actually have a, uh, you know, we had a crisis in the brewery. One of our temperature uh, control modules failed, and 
And uh, because the our manufacturer deals mostly, like they probably do more work in the states than they do in Canada. They only had Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit module to send to me, and I was like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. So we've we've got like we've got you know uh, a couple of Canadian uh, control modules and an American one. See. Gotta have a little bit of both. You I save like guys. Can you hear Conrad? Okay, over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Through, yeah. He's clipping a little bit, but he's fine. You want to save that control module for the beers that you make with American citrus hops, and they'll, they'll turn out better. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Jay, are you yeah. getting uh, the questions from the chat? It's great. With no, uh, that's kind of why I was asking to make sure you guys could hear everything there too. Um, w- what name is Bevo sending me questions as? Uh, the Bring Network, but it says you're on. Uh, do no, not- I'm sending them as Scott. Oh, oh. As but Scott. I can re- I you're didn't. I didn't. Sta- right, I didn't you know, minimize anything, so I can always resend them if you haven't gotten them. I got you. Well, well, this is Stacy. I have a question. While we're, I have not gotten anything from you. Well, while, while, okay, we're, getting, while we're getting chat, I do have a question for you. Kind yeah, of, go for it, Stacy. Uh, you mentioned your your pale ale is darker than most. Uh, you, in the IPA, you mentioned Kara Twenty. How are you darkening up that pale? Uh, the what the main malt in the pale ale is Paul's uh, Light Crystal. Um, and it's got a fair bit of color to it and a really nice caramel color. Um, we use, I, I add a touch of chocolate to it. Um, that's just to kind of to adjust the color and some Munich. But the, the Paul's Light Crystal is the main one. It's got a, it does have a pretty, uh, significant, um, flavor contribution from the crystal. So you're using more of it to get that color and the more flavor contribution. What percent of your recipe is? Yeah. Is yeah. And there's. Uh, it's about ten percent. Oh, the crystal. That is quite a bit. Okay, gotcha. Uh, also, a question. Uh, you mentioned you have, yeah. you're using Canadian uh, two row. Uh, what's what? What brand is that? Is that RAR or? Uh, uh, it's, Car- it's called Prairie Malt, um, okay. and it's it's, a, it's, owned, it's half owned by Cargill. Okay. Um, they, I think, um, you know, we're Canada. Uh, we're probably one of the biggest exporters of malting barley in the yeah, world. I think. No doubt. And I figure a lot of. My I think period. we export a lot to Japan. And uh, I think that we probably benefit a little bit from the kind of tight ass Japanese brewing specs um, with our, you know, with our the two row that we get out here. Huh. Would well, that be typically like low in protein? protein? Perfect. Uh, well, it's it's, it's all, you know it's it's pretty good for for domestic malt. Great. This is Nate. All right, so we have another couple beers in front of us that we wanted to talk about too. Go ahead, Nate. I just had a question about the IPA again. I, you'd mentioned that you use uh, Fuggles in that beer, correct? That's correct. You also use uh, Mountain Hood. That's correct. No, we uh, we add a little bit of Simcoe just to add a bit of spice uh, thing to it. Hmm. And so those are both hops that you use, not just for bittering, but uh, uh, near flame out or in the whirlpool. Actually, bittering, we're using Columbus in that one, um, and I, you know, where it's a ninety-minute boil, uh, so it's probably not a lot of flavor contribution from the Columbus. It's uh, mostly uh, fuggles at ten minutes and a, and a lot of fuggles at knockout. That's cool. I like the combination of American citrus hops and hops like fuggles. It sounds awesome. 
And I'm happy to report that his use of Simcoe does not result in that awful taste of cat piss and onions that I hate so much. <laughs> nice. A little touch of cat pee ain't that bad. <laughs> well, the I always bring this up because the some of the guys in the studio, and, and they're right, I, I've really had some, some good beers with it too. You know, brewers on the West Coast just love this hop, this Simcoe. And... I just have had so many beers that are awful. I've just recently learned from talking to some brewers that there are actually some crops that have more of the onion cat piss flavor and some crops that really don't, and that that's part of the difference and not just how you use it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to do a little, like, you know, a little a hop survey of that variety because it's a cool variety, but I've had the odd box where I'm like, oh... This is a cat. This one's catty. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm kind of curious to know, you know, from someone who actually knows the variety. I mean, you know, I just order and I get whatever Simcoe they manage to, to send off to me. But, sure. I'm uh, kind of curious to know if there's uh, some, you know, what the level, what the what the kind of level of cattiness is from one batch to the next. There's definitely a difference, and I wish I could remember which brewer said it so I could call him out about it, but he essentially said there have been uh, shipments of uh, Simcoe that I've gotten that I've just sent back. Yeah. I said, that's not what I ordered. Well, that's, that's, probably, that's probably what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, and by sent back, he means it goes to, it goes to Conrad. It goes to yeah. <laughs> right. Because I'm just, like, begging for a little bit, you know. <laughs> well, it is one of those hops that you can't get right now, too, right? So Yeah, I managed to secure some, but not very much, yeah. I don't use a lot of it. So, you know what hop, guys, I don't remember if I talked to you about this last week or not, but I'm curious, you know, Tasty and you guys, if you've come across it. I know you know of it, but since I've hit uh, Portland, in fact, even a little before Portland, almost every brewery I've gone to has had a Sriracha Ace beer. It seems to be kind of a, of a kitsch hop up here right now. And I've liked every single beer I've had with that hop in it. I think it's an awesome hop. But, uh, guys in the studio, have you had any experience with Sriracha Ace? That's a Japanese hop with a nice lemon zest lime. type of character, yeah, lemon lime or lime type yeah. quality. Yeah, it's a great hop. Apparently, they're starting to brew that in the U.S. now. That's what I had heard. Oh, they're not just growing it in Japan. It's yeah. also a U.S. grown hop, That's too. What I heard. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's the I think that's why it's being used across the Pacific Northwest right now is because it is a Japanese hop, you're right, but it's now being grown out here and people are doing a lot of experimental beers with it. And it does have that really nice kind of lemon zest and even a little tropical flavor to it. It gets a little Caribbean and coconut sometimes too, and it's been awesome. Um I've had a couple of really and by nice the way, uh, who's, who the hell else is in the studio there with a with a better radio voice than me. Paul Sangster. <laughs> nice. Thanks for the, the compliment. <laughs> Paul Sangster is here. Uh, he's on the show the three weeks in a row. Oh, you got to get out of there, right? Turn. I don't mean to show you up. I'll, I'll keep it down. <laughs> no, no. Turn Paul's microphone off right now. He sounds, he sounds better than me. Done. He's off. Nice. I'll yell for another one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Uh, no, but this, uh, you know... Now you guys are you're all just going to make fun of me for this, but tasting these sriracha ace beers has just made me want to go home and brew because I've really oh. liked every pale ale and different, and I had a golden ale with it and a blonde ale with it and these different kind of beers that every one of them I really like. It's made me want to go home and experiment with this hop. Well, like I said, call that a moving experience. It's moving into action. I can't believe. Don't it. get crazy. Yeah. We'll order ingredients. We'll have them waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you can ask Conrad. I, I really want to try it. I think. 
I don't know why this happened, but yeah, we had the IPA small. fest up here, and somebody actually brewed Sriracha Ace as a bittering hop. Why? Why would you do that? Because you can't. You know, if I just real quick, Carmen, before if I don't know if you have an answer too, but um, Elysian, I think it was that we were just at, also used it as a bittering hop, but just to fuck with it, like they thought it was a weird thing to do too. And it was perfect. It came out great. Have you uh, seen this used as a bittering hop, Conrad? No, I haven't. I, I mean, the guys from Elysian, they're just kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's, I'm not surprised. I, I like those guys a lot, by the way. Great beers. Um, yeah. I actually have had zero experience with Sriracha Ace. I'm curious about it. Um, there's kind of a, I mean, there's a bit of a aroma hop crunch right now. And and the you know, stuff like that is a little hard to get your get your hands on. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm curious about it. Well, uh, listeners and, and anybody who doesn't know yet, we're doing a bunch of short videos from the road. We've got two of them up right now, uh, one from Hopworks Urban, Urban Brewery in Portland and one from um, the Cascade Barrel House in Portland. But the next one coming up is from Elysian, and Dick Cantwell, the head brewer there, talks about his Sriracha Ace beer, and I think he talks about, if I remember right, he talks about using it as a bittering hop. And it came out great in the beer. I thought it was really good. But it does sound like a strange thing to do. But it worked. Right. Yeah, fasts are pretty low for a bittering hop. I'm kind of surprised they would use it that way, but sure. Yeah, I think he said that he had to use a ton of them. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so just because I don't want us to run out of time before we talk about some of the real good stuff here, too, um, Conrad is working on a new project right now, which I, we thought that listeners and, 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 and you guys would be interested in. I think, JP, you, you'll like this. Um, it's a new stout coming out that you're, you're just experimenting with right now. Is that right? Well, it's actually one that we've, we've done like every, every year. We usually do it once, once. We've been starting to do it almost twice a year now. But it's, uh, it's an espresso stout. The base is um, a, uh, an imperial stout, about 9%. And we have a really good relationship with a local roaster here called JJ Bean. Um, they're super passionate about coffee. Uh, I'm a bit of, you know, like kind of a low level coffee geek. And, uh, you know, generally what we do is we, you know, we got the base, we've got the base beer fermenting right now. Um, and next week I'm going to go talk to my contact, Grady, at, at JJ Bean. And he's going to, those guys always have a bunch of seasonal, coffees just like we have seasonal beers they just manage to get their hands on this variety or that variety so generally what we do is we have a little tasting session and uh then we mix the beer with the coffee and figure out what seems to work wait, wait, just back up for a what is a tasting session like are we talking like several shots of espresso going on or it's a little weird when you're used to drinking beer uh you know you, you take ground coffee you got these you know cups of I mean, it's, they call it cupping. Okay. You these cups of hot water. You, you put your coffee in the in the water. You uh, let the ground settle, and then you slurp from a spoon. I've know. seen the slurping. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A spoon. Um, but you do drink it. You consume the coffee. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, you know, I've never drunk beer from a spoon. But I've drunk coffee from a spoon. You should try it. Um, yeah, I don't know. If it's, but anyway, it's uh, the coffee, the, the varieties of coffee they get are incredible. And then the great thing with them is they do a custom roast for us um and there's uh you know i, I actually roast my own coffee uh, at home in a popcorn popper you know i'm a 
not a great coffee roaster, but it's, it can be done. Yeah. Well, our sponsor, uh, More Beer, you can go to morebeer.com or you can go to morecoffee.com anytime you want, and they have a full line of coffee roasters and, like, cool. raw coffee beans yeah. of all different varieties uh, that you can go do it at home, too. Yeah, I know the first time I ever roasted coffee at home, I was like, Wow, this is so much easier than making beer. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so at my house, uh, Chad, who's on the show here, he's the he's the real brewer in the house. And uh, as soon as the coffee roasting came in, I was like, oh, I can do that. I'm totally lazy enough for that. Yeah. So I picked up the coffee roasting, which I did yeah. twice. Yeah, and the nice thing with them is that I mean, uh, they do a really really light roast for us, and their specialty coffees in general are coffees that have a lot of really interesting fruit character, like the one that we're tasting right now. Has some really nice kind of um, almost like berry or red fruit kind of character to it. Yeah, and you know when you roast coffee, you're part of what you're doing is trying to tame the acidity in the coffee. The further you roast it, the more the less acidity you get. But when you're roasting coffee to add to beer, the acidity is not a worry. So they can actually roast it nice and light, and then the the, the fruit flavors really pop out in the beer. Okay, um, and it's just great that we have a, a coffee roaster who is totally into working with us, and they're busting out their coolest coffee for us, and and you know doing the doing a small you know for them a small roast just for us. Right, uh, it's really fun to kind of collaborate on that. So, what are some tips on quantities? Because in tasting this one, you mentioned it's a, it's a big beer, an imperial stout. How big is it? Nine? No, about nine percent. Yeah. So it's a big beer. There's also a ton of coffee flavor in this. I can tell you've really put some coffee in it, but it's not uh, it's not cloying. I mean, this one it's the one thing that we're doing that's probably a little different than most uh, uh, commercial coffee beers is that we're actually we're actually making espresso. Like we, you know, back a while back um, we opened up a cafe, um, and you know I, that eventually turned into a bar when my owner realized that. Uh, <laughs> You know that selling booze is way more profitable than selling coffee. <laughs> selling coffee, right? Switch back to the liquor scheme. Uh, the great thing is that we have a really great espresso machine. It's a four-group machine. You can bang a lot of shots on it. Okay. Um, but we, you know, we take about forty to fifty pounds of coffee, and we spend seven to eight hours uh, banging shots of espresso. And I mean, I'm just a bit of an espresso nut, and it's really fun to make a beer with espresso, just because it's kind of a crazy thing to do sure um but how awful are you to be around when you've been banging espresso <laughs> shots for eight hours it actually soaks into your skin oh like really your hands smell like coffee for for a couple of days okay it's i don't know i'm like uh, I, mean, I love coffee but uh yeah i actually you know like I'll, I'll abuse alcohol from time to time but i have way too much respect for coffee to abuse abuse <laughs> coffee that's, that's funny will mess you up right yeah JP back there in the studio uh, was a former barista. I'll oh, have nice. you know. So he nice. knows his coffee. That's yeah, right. I mean, there's a real art to it. Uh... Sorry, what was that? Uh, I just said that. That's right. But then I forgot we were having like an eight second lag. So sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to <laughs> totally throw off the conversation. <laughs> It's it's the same for us over here, JP. Every time I throw down something for you guys to react, Conrad and I just sit here staring at each other for about eight minutes. Yeah, when the guys from our, our, from JJB come over, they uh, yeah they, they tune our machine up. They make sure it's working properly, and uh, those guys watching those guys fuss around trying to get a shot just right is it's like you know it's like uh, you're like you realize just how uh, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of the sphincter tightening going on and that kind of thing. You know, to make it just work just properly. Right. It's, it's pretty. Know. It's weird to me that, but I guess every 
JP, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, um, it is pretty interesting. I, I was also doing maintenance uh, uh, at the Starbucks is where I worked in. And yeah, it's, it's a, it is definitely a yeah. science. You have to sit there and time the shot and make sure it's 10 seconds and a certain volume and a certain, all this kind of way, all the grains that, that's coming out because it is, uh, it's just like brewing. It's very scientific. Uh, you know, they have it dialed in. But I was also saying... Every that, hobby that we... Yeah, every hobby you need you need to have uh, some sort. But I was saying, at least you know when they come in from from JJB, at least they're dressed nicely. <laughs> so LLB, were you? It dressed a lot better than hers too. <laughs> right? Was I appreciated? No, I'm never. I feels like I I'm never appreciated. No, I, I, anywhere I, I go, you were underappreciated. Oh, <laughs> I'm always underappreciated. How do you know? <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> Question for Conrad about this uh, this espresso stout. So you add the shots of espresso directly to the uh, conditioning tank, correct? That's correct. And we, we actually, what I do is um, I do a primary fermentation. Um, one thing I'm one thing I want is I, I want the the main bulk of the primary fermentation to be done because you're blowing a ton of uh, CO2 out of your fermenter, and I don't want to be I don't want to be blowing aromatics out of my fermenter. You know, I don't want all that delicate flavor from the coffee to, to just go flying out the top. Uh, so I, I do primary fermentation. I actually add a little bit of lager yeast to the to the beer um, in secondary, and then I, I pump the espresso in, and I just let it. You know, if there are any sugars in the in the coffee that need to ferment, then I, I let them ferment in secondary, um, and just kind of give it a time, a little time to marry in there. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big believer in adding that kind of stuff in, in, in secondary. I love this idea. I'm coming to Vancouver in the last weekend of November, so I'm going to go to JJB and have coffee in the morning because I love espresso, and then I'm going to come and have your espresso stout in that same evening. I uh, really like the idea of this you, of adding you, espresso directly to the beer. I'm going to sleep in that weekend. You're, you're coming up personally? Uh Yes. The last week, to fire me off an email to remind me to, to save a bit for you because by November it's going to be long gone. Way oh, gone. Yeah. oh, cool! I can, I'm glad. I can save some though. I'm glad I sent some now. I will do that. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. And I do recommend anybody come check it out. Just if it's to sit by the window and and catch some food and some beer, I'm watching airplanes land on the water and cruise ships leave. And there's like a tanker docked out there. And on the other side, it looks like it's where all the rich people live. And it's just an awesome setting to sit and have a beer. So Steamworks has got it going on for that. You said dock. By November, it'll be a solid sheet of rain. Oh, it will. It just turns into rain then. <laughs> oh, man. So everything I just said, will be, they'll be like, wow, Justin, thanks, buddy. That was shit. <laughs> so is that a crowd? Do you get just like a tiny window of, of good weather? Oh, we actually get, uh, it's pretty nice. Well, I, we've had a weird summer up here. It's been really, really wet. This is actually, we're probably into like week two of actual summer up here. Okay. Um, but normally, uh, sometime in June, it starts to get nice and then all the way till the end of September. And then, yeah, it starts to get rainy. And, like, well, actually, November, by, you know, usually by, you know, by by December, January, it's just, like, you know, like it can just rain for days and yeah. days. Yeah, it's it's a little grim. You think you have a lot of that All right, how about just maybe some other tips about the use of, uh, of coffee in, in these beers? Because, um, you know, I, I touched on the alcohol a little bit. Would you have used as much coffee in this beer if the gravity wasn't so high? 
No, you got to be really careful with coffee uh, because coffee is pretty bitter and it's powerful, uh, powerful stuff flavor wise. Um, you know, and we actually, even for, for an imperial stout, we really back off the bitterness uh, because I know it's going to come from the coffee. Okay. And I know there's also going to be acidity from the coffee. Um, so, so give me a range. If you were to make an imperial stout with a set bitterness without coffee, what what would that be? And then and then how much are you backing off? Give me some IBUs if you were to use coffee. I mean, I'd probably uh, in a regular imperial stout, I'd probably get up to like around like in the forty to fifty range. Okay. I mean, I don't, I've never, I haven't actually never dialed in an imperial stout on its own. Uh, here, I'm doing about thirty, which you know, it, and that's theoretical. Assuming I'm getting a certain amount of extraction, it, it, when you taste the base, it tastes sweet. You're like, "Ooh, that's a little on the sweet side." Um, as soon as you add the coffee, it kind of it kind of balances out. All right. Um, I think you know if you're doing a coffee stout where you're adding coffee to the kettle, uh, you know you really have to expect. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that method, but if you do that, you got to expect a lot of bitterness coming from your coffee. Really, just from the boiling process again? Yeah, you well, you're, you're gonna extract a lot of bitterness from it. That's what's going to happen. All right. Um, the one thing that I really haven't messed around with, which I'm interested in, is cold extraction. Um, and there's a bunch of roasters who are interested in cold extraction for iced coffee. You know, they'll take cold water and coffee and, and they'll put it in, in a bucket or whatever and, and leave it overnight in a in a fridge and then they'll and then they'll and then they'll extract the coffee and use that for iced coffee. And when you do that, you get a lot of coffee flavor and you get very little bitterness. Um, even though we're doing espresso, which you know only extracts you know, a certain amount of the coffee, you still get lots of bitterness. Uh, cold extraction is probably a method where you could really up the aroma uh, without getting tons of bitterness. But, you know, that's something I have no experience with. And you wanted some bitterness from the coffee. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And actually, yeah. like, you know, and like I, I mentioned that we are doing a really, really light roast uh, and there's a lot of acidity. I like the interplay between the body of the beer and the acidity. Like, there's it kind of, the acidity kind of kind of adds a little zing to the beer in the finish, and it helps dry out the finish. You get this kind of dry, chocolatey thing going on. Okay. Um, and that's something I, I like. But, you know, when you talk to a coffee roaster about acidity, you know, they're going to be like, uh, under-roasted coffee sometimes could just be unpleasant when you make a cup of coffee out of it. Like, you just got this lemony tang on the end of your cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, when we do the espresso shots for this, it's zingy as hell, and it actually works really nice once it's in the beer. Um, so that's you know, something that kind of works works in this case. I kind of like doing a bigger beer for coffee. I, I've tasted some other beers that were designed to be more drinkable, and there you just have to tread really carefully. Sure. Yeah. I think it works great with this beer. I think it's a it's a big beer. It's it's definitely rich. Um, it's definitely a, a, a strong beer, but it really all melds together well. I think you've actually done a pretty good job getting the balance to go together. Um, I would have this for dessert on any given night. I think it's kind of one of those nice, uh, you know, rather than a cup of coffee like you might do at the restaurant, a cup of this would be a little better. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's fun with, uh, it's like chocolate, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there's definitely chocolate. There's definitely a lot of, um, there's a lot of roast flavor, but not the same roast flavor you would get from using roasted grains and things like that that could be too much in a beer. Yeah. I think it's actually a nice way to impart roast to a beer, even if you didn't, even if you didn't tout it as a, as a coffee beer or espresso yeah. beer, just to add some roast flavor to a beer without getting that grainy yeah. or uh, uh, astringent kind of flavor you might get from roast 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you even the base before you before you put any coffee in it already starts to taste a bit like coffee. So, I mean, so much of the flavor of coffee is due to the roasting process. What is the grain bill like uh, to to get the flavor? Uh, it's really pretty much a typical kind of scaled up stout. Um, I'm kind of sticking close to the nine percent uh, mark for roasted malt. Um, I know some people like to crank up the roasts. Uh, I just kind of tend to. I tend to not want to overdo the roastiness. Um, Good move. Personally, uh, I don't. I think it's sort of nine percent to me. You're, you're getting plant tons of character in there already. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm using both uh, black malt and chocolate malt. I kind of like some of the character you get out of a out of a light. I'm using Bingaman's chocolate malt, which is a little bit lighter in color, and you get a little some interesting kind of dry character out of that, and a little less of the kind of uh, really really kind of bitey roasty character. And is that just a couple of percent with the chocolate malt? Uh, no, I would say in terms of the amount, like the total amount of roasted malt, we're probably doing like 60% black malt, 40% chocolate malt. And I'm also using the Special B, which this has a, you know, it's it's special. <laughs> <laughs> like Ian, our video guy. Yeah. And I mean, if anyone, you know, homebrewers would be interested to know that I use Nottingham for this uh, not an interesting yeast strain. Uh, I think when you're doing a beer that starts out at 21 Play-Doh, you don't need interesting yeast. You need yeast that's going to get the job done. Sure. Uh, the You know, you're, there's plenty of interesting character that comes through, uh, even from a kind of neutral powerhouse, like a strain like Nottingham. Yeah. I think some of our Can You Brew It beers, Tasty, you could correct me if I'm wrong, have used a Nottingham that have, we. I think we've ended up really liking the flavor they impart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just you know I just like it because it's trusty. When you're dealing with a big beer, you need something that's gonna not gonna just jam out on you. And what about the special B? It, it tasty again. I, w- I want to go to you on this too because isn't special B the the you know the grain that we decided might be our arrogant bastard um, secret grain or something? Yeah, well, it's one of the secrets. I believe it's, it's definitely part of that beer. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah, it has a real uh, uh, like a. More raisiny, but more dried fruit, raisiny kind of flavor to the beer. It's a nice, uh, nice malt to include in your beers. I have a question about your. I wasn't clear on your. Uh, it's interesting. Oh, if I can just leapfrog off. No, you're good. Go ahead. Since I got it here, uh, wasn't quite clear, kind but are you are you adding? Uh, are you brewing coffee and coffee and adding that to your stout? Are you adding coffee to the secondary? We're 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 basically we're we're adding espresso to the secondary. Espresso like what I do is I take a big forty liter uh, Cornelius keg, I put it in a in a garbage can full of ice, and I set up shop in our the one bar that has our big espresso machine, and we just bang shot after shot. shot, after we, shot. we generally do like we'll do two or three sessions. Yeah, so we'll go for maybe up to four hours uh, to fill the corny. That is hardcore. Well, it won't oh. fill the corny, but you know what? I... <laughs> that is hardcore, man. <laughs> a thousand espresso shots. I, I, I like that. I, I mean, like it's that. a little crazy. I, I, That's so awesome. You should name the beer like that. It's a thousand shot. Beer. Yeah, we call it, we. Well, we we actually call it the Steamworks Grand. Uh, and oh. when they first opened the cafe here, they call it the Steamworks Grand Cafe. And 
but we decided to call it the Steamers Grand because it was like a, it was probably like a solid thousand at least plus shots of espresso. You definitely need to promote somehow that you're getting a thousand shots of espresso when you order this beer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's I mean you know it's uh, it's probably not the mo- the best way to get your caffeine, but cause, you know by the time your your caffeine buzz kicks in, you're gonna be feeling pretty good but. <laughs> your other buzz is kicked in. <laughs> so in other words this is the um kind of the red bull or four loco of the beer world it's, yeah except got our, it actually tastes good you know? <laughs> except that it tastes, yeah except that it's not shit it's, <laughs> it's the real double shot all right guys uh let's do this because we got at least it is it really is a real double shot um let's do this i know we got to take care of some more sponsors and we've got at least another beer to talk about plus it looks like there's another bottle of this uh, stout here for us to keep tasting um we have another nine percent beer to try which is based on a, a belgian triple but has raspberries added to it mm, sounds good. and i tried a little bit already doc you would like it yeah i bet i would <laughs> <laughs> it's uh part of it uh, part of why i want to talk about it is because it's real dry like a belgian triple oh, should okay. be like a like a duval it, it has a great like duval flavor but then it's got uh, not a sweet but a raspberry flavor on top of it which is pretty rad nice nice yeah. all right jp give me a music bed and let's go to break shall we Thank you. All right, we are live from Steamworks in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, having a great time here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another couple of Conrad's beers and uh, a whole lot more. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Oh, what a great hike. Let's stop here. I need a quick bite. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, I've brought a couple of Brew Bar Energy Bars. You want one? Awesome. I've heard about these, but I haven't tried one yet. You've never tried one? But you're a home brewer and an athlete. Brew Bar Energy Bars are made by home brewers. What better way to merge your two passions? Rich barley malt paired with simple, all-natural ingredients. Here, crack that open and taste. I think you'll be surprised. This tastes really good. It's a great flavor and so moist. Better than my usual energy bar. I'm surprised you waited this long. Well, I've been meaning to try them. I've even seen the write-ups in the brewing magazines. It's just too bad my local homebrew shop doesn't stock them yet. And you've put your request in for them? You know, some homebrew shops need to get requests for new products before they'll pull the trigger. Until then, you can always get free shipping when you order online at brewbar.com. In fact, enter BN Army for a 15% discount. Homebrew clubs can also get an additional special discount for larger orders. Good idea. I'll definitely ask my local shop to carry these. All natural brew bar energy bars are now available at brewbar.com, morebeer.com, and other fine homebrew shops across the country. That's B R U B A R. Look for them at your local homebrew shop. Remember, it's in your brew bar energy bar because it's in your brew. 
BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. to the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. (gasps) Oh, Oh, it can't be done. 
come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio all right, welcome back to the session. We still have Justin and Conrad up at Steamworks Brewing Company in Vancouver Hat. How you guys doing over there? We're doing great. Conrad keeps going and getting us more beer, and we're in our own private room, so I don't have to deal with the public, which is good, because I wow. smell a little bit, and I have my own bathroom, so everything's fine over here. I wish I knew what all of those things felt like. <laughs> <laughs> they feel good, man. Yeah. i got to tell you, they feel really good. Um, and we have more beer to talk about, which is more important, I think. Uh, we should let the listeners know, uh, 888-401-BEER, as always. If you have any questions for Conrad, you can call in, and JP's there to take your calls. Bevo will, will answer, 888-401-BEER. We did just have to kill the, uh, kill the video here. Um, it's weird in Canada. There's like a little guy who rides a bike to make the Internet work, <laughs> and he's on break right now. Uh, so we had to, we're had we only getting so much bandwidth. I don't know. It's, a, it's one of them social program things I think you guys Could have. Yeah. The, the little guy's only allowed to ride the bike for so long. So we have a really small amount of bandwidth, and uh, so I had to kill the video, which was really getting boring anyway. It was me and Conrad staring at each other for the last hour and a half, which gets it gets creepy here. Never mind watching it at home. Um, so a really good stare going on there, though. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, you have a good Canadian stare. I don't know if it's different than an American stare, but it's a good stare. Uh, so if you want to listen to the show, uh, you know, just click on their, our brand new uh, live listen link, which is actually in a new high fidelity that you've never had before um, via us. We just can't bring you a video anymore for the week, um, which I, I think is fine. Right, guys? It's fine. Yeah, we've seen it before. Sure. Two guys in a room. Yeah. It was a nice room, though. Two guys in a room. It's not like you're cute. A lot of nice wood. A lot of nice uh, 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 towers. Look like... Uh, some Italian Cobra towers back in the back. Italian, yeah. There are some nice things. Two guys, one room. Um, the I will say this. Actually, the the basement part of this building. What is it? Three floors altogether? Uh, well, two, two floors. It's two. I'm really bad at math, Conrad. Uh, so the basement floor, though, has this awesome uh, bar that's it kind of looks like it's being held up by gargoyles it's a it's really cool bar gargoyles uh, they actually have small penises <laughs> gargoyles with small penises so right. i don't know somehow i felt really comfortable What's down wrong there. With small penis Come on. yeah as long as it's rock hard <laughs> <laughs> which they are they're, there's our concrete hard i think they're, 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 they're made out of concrete yeah. softens up. <laughs> right 
All right. It's weird. It's, oh, I, speaking of penises, guys, I should tell you this. Sorry. Sorry Conrad is cute. Yeah. It actually, it's going to get worse before it now gets better. Now the show's Conrad. going in the tank. Yeah. So speaking of penises, so I'm back in Conrad's office. That's how it starts. Yeah. All right. I'm tuning out. Right. But hanging on the wall is the same bottle opener that our listeners send us. Like, what do we get? Like one a week right now? That, that one that Bevo likes so much, that wooden penis bottle opener? I don't like it. You just give it to me. Well, hand it back. Whoa. Then. That's what Sam said. Yeah, we, we do have one of those. Conrad has the same one. Apparently, some of his fans have been to Bali as well. Well, we had it was it was actually at the it was at the bar, and uh, one of the managers didn't like that. Uh, it had to be sent back to to our little office there, where it wasn't in view of the public. Sure, I don't know though. I mean, I, I was I was pretty impressed with the the just kind of handiwork, the, with the craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. When a good craft think- guy knows what one looks like, you know. <laughs> that's what. That's kind of what. Uh, and I think he made a good point. Conrad kind of said. Clearly, it's not the first penis this guy's ever carved. (laughs) Yeah, he's an old hand at that. Yeah. So I tell him we have like 30 of them hanging around that stupid studio of ours. No, we just just got the one. (laughs) Well, if your listeners travel to Bali every week, then you'd have a bunch. You'd have 30 of them, too. Or if you had Bevo as a a call screener. Pretty sure that's why we get them. All right, did I lose you guys? No, No, that was just stupid. Okay, just check. No, we just didn't know about the delay and all that. I couldn't tell if I lost you or if I've suddenly become JP. It was really, it was a really weird experience. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> all right, so another beer here that we want to talk about. I mentioned just before the break is uh, uh, what do you call this beer? I always call it the Frambozen. Frambozen. Okay. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's not a traditional Frambozen, um, but it's uh, but we do uh, it's. It's the raspberry beer that it's got a lot of raspberry character. What's the base beer? Uh, it's basically a uh, Belgian triple. Okay. Um, and then we we uh, do a second fermentation with uh, roughly a, a pound per gallon of, uh, of raspberries. And what form are the raspberries? Uh, I'm a big fan of using whole fruit. Okay. Um, we do get it frozen. Um, even like you know, if even if it was. If I got it picked fresh, I would ask the I would ask for it to get frozen before we used it because I, I think it's uh, freezing the fruit is helpful for brewing purposes. Um, but we got I mean we're like the the Fraser Valley we're we're just at the end of the Fraser Valley is is a is a big uh, raspberry growing region. If if you you know if you drive through Abbotsford, they have, actually have a sign saying that they're the raspberry capital of Canada. Nice. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to be a capital, you got to have something to <laughs> you gotta have some kind of capital. Yeah. Uh, Every place has a capital. So they grow a lot of raspberries. I mean, the guys that we buy our raspberries from. I mean, uh, you know, in Canada, Kraft buys the raspberries from them to make their jam. Apparently, okay. Um, they're they're really psyched that we're making beer with their raspberries because you know the, the, most of the raspberries they sell just go to less you know exciting purposes. Sure, and less yeah. artisan for that matter. Yours yeah. is handcrafted. Yeah, but I, I we do we actually take the I mean raspberries I think are probably in my opinion the fruit that is best suited for brewing. Um, I mean there's a lot of other fruits you can use. I just think there's uh, raspberries have a really nice uh, level of acidity. Uh, they're not too sweet. Um, they the raspberry, raspberry break down really nicely when you ferment with them. You know we just we just take the you know we're taking uh, like 15 liter buckets of raspberries and we and we put it. Chuck them into a tank, and then we we rack the beer in there and do a second fermentation, 
and the raspberries just naturally break up. You don't have to you don't have to blend up the fruit or anything like that. So they're just whole frozen raspberries. Yeah. That you, yeah. Okay. And by the time you're done, you 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 know we leave it for usually about three weeks to ferment. Um, and um, there's just you kind of it's just this raspberry goo is left. The skins just break right down. Okay. And you know, we've also done beers with cherries, and cherries are a lot more problematic. They have tough skins. You got to macerate the fruit first. That sort of thing. Raspberries are great. You just dump them in, and away they go. Easy. Yeah. And I also really like the way raspberries work with beer in terms of just flavor wise. I think it's this is what I was saying to Doc just before we went to break that I, you know I think my favorite part about it is. Uh, it still really tells, really tastes like a Belgian triple. It's dry. It has that good Belgian flavor. It has the Belgian esters from the yeast still in it. And then it's it's a really great raspberry color. You'd think it'd be sweet just by looking at it, but then it's just not. It, yeah, it, it just has a fruit flavor. It starts it, out sweet, and then it dries out in the finish. Or is it Duval yeah. dry, and then when you're done with the dryness, the fruit comes in? I would say pretty much... Um, yeah, that's about how it goes. Right when you taste it, the front has that kind of crisp Duval Belgian flavor, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little estery. And then the fruit does come after that, but so do the esters. The esters keep coming afterward as well, which is what I think, to me, keeps it tasting like a beer instead mm-hmm. of tasting like a fruit drink. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've tasted even some Belgian beers like, uh, like Lindemann's. Uh, oh sure. Tastes like beer flavored with raspberries. Even though you just got some a little bit of interesting sourness, like it it tastes kind of a little jammy or something. Yeah, I would go the opposite. It almost tastes like raspberries flavored with beer because it's <laughs> so right. it, it can be so sweet at, yeah. at times. But yeah. he's got a yeah. target audience too with that one and uh, it it's got its niche. It really does. But if you're really trying to get a beer flavor with raspberries, that's not really what you want. Yeah. Well, the other thing I would say about uh, this beer, if I may, is it's what we would call a panty dropper. Definitely. <laughs> because you don't know that it's 9.5%. I mean, Niano yep. there already dropped his panties. I don't know if you noticed, but he's <laughs> not even wearing his panties? panties anymore. They have ruffles. <laughs> I think this one of the things with uh, with a fruit that has acidity to it is, I mean, it, well, it's like, you know, you look at a, like a screwdriver the acidity in the orange juice masks the alcohol. Right. That, like, it's definitely... I mean, if you're paying attention, you can tell there's some booze going on, but sure. it doesn't taste... You don't taste the alcohol. Okay, but this one, it's not just a fruit. This one is kind of twofold, because in my opinion, a Belgian triple that's done well, like a Duval, is a strong beer that doesn't taste strong already. Right, So, yeah. So you're already kind of masking the alcohol by how dry and nice and estery the beer can be. Then you're adding some great raspberry on top of that to mask it even more. It's almost a double panty dropper is what it is. Yeah, we do get a few casualties. Like not, you do. A, yeah, <laughs> I bet. not everyone realizes it. it's not entirely recreational. Yeah. Who's wearing double panties? Who's wearing double panties? Who does <laughs> Besides us. Well, some- Yan was, but now I told you he dropped his already. Now he's down to single panties. Oh, that and, poor. Uh, <laughs> But he already had one glass. Now he's on his second glass anyway. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, the, the, the brewer, the you know, original brewer, Shirley, uh, she was a big fan of using whole fruit and uh, and definitely influenced me and just in terms of how, you know, how to deal with fruit. You know, there's there's definitely a lot of fruit products out there that make, you know, are kind of designed to be easier to brew with. 
Um, but I'm glad I worked for someone who believed in in putting whole fruit in. I mean, I think in the case of raspberries, uh, the skins are probably as important as any other part of the fruit. Um, yeah. You get some tannin in there. You know, um, you're the second brewer in two weeks to, to, to say that. And we have certainly talked to our fair share of brewers who talk about using purees. Mm. And even on the homebrew side, that it, that it can be a little bit easier. Yeah. But the skin part of it is something that I hadn't thought about before until about a week ago. Yeah. And you even get some kind of, um, in, the, in the case that we were talking to Hair of the Dog uh, out of Portland last week, yep. and we were talking about tannins coming from the skins at yeah. that point that were really good. And I wonder if the, you kind of get the same thing from the skins yeah, you, here. Yeah, you definitely get tannin from uh, from raspberry skins, and I think it adds to the character of the beer. Um, I think, you know, if kind of fruit beer at its worst can taste kind of sweet in a kind of unbalanced way. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, if, you know, if there's homebrewers listening out there who are fooling around fruit, like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of uh, using whole fruit. Sure. Because um, you're, you, you kind of, I think you do sometimes lose something when you're dealing with. Uh, Skin is only a color. <laughs> nope. Lost him. Oh, dang. Dropped. <laughs> So much for Skypes. Like a bad habit. I Ooh. think Doc's joke might uh, have just sent them away. They're calling, they're calling <laughs> back. So? Should, we de- should we decline them? They're calling back. All right. so oh, you guys there? Declined. Nice. Was that only on my end or on your end, no, too? Was, I don't know. It must have been something you did. Yeah, we dropped you somehow. It's still no good. I'm going to hang up and do it again. <laughs> do it, baby. Or keep hanging up. Somebody started downloading porno at the Steamworks Brewery <laughs> Internet Connection <laughs> or something. <laughs> No, it was all the, all the Adam and Eve orders. <laughs> there you go. Probably, man. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's try it again. There we go. Hello, Bring That's Network. better. Hello. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> How do you know your friends know you're drunk? <laughs> what have you had to drink? <laughs> Can you give us the resume, the, uh, please? The connection just kept framboed there. It did. I think we just got our connection real drunk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Must have been. Connection dropper. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, a, it's officially a connection dropper. Dropped your connection. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, talking about homebrewers, you know, just before we got cut off there, you're talking about homebrewers, you know, trying whole fruit and doing this. Um, I would go out and say right now that a homebrewer should take this recipe right here, your your Belgian triple and raspberries, and enter this into the national homebrew competition that we have. And I think it would do great. Our guy Tasty uh, in, the, in the room there has done really well with his, uh, he does a Dortmunder base, yeah. which I also think is a great base beer. Mm-hmm. But I think that this Belgian triple uh, is, a, is a really awesome uh, base beer for fruit. Especially if it dries out like this one does, yeah. And I think someone would kick ass in a in a homebrew competition with this recipe. Yeah, I mean, it was never uh, when it started out. It was never intending to use Belgian triple, but um, you know, the the brewer I'd worked on had always used a relatively big beer, um, and I just kind of thought it could be a little bigger. And and then, but you know, then I was like, well, I don't know if we want it too heavy on the malt. And right. the great thing about triple is you've got you still have some malt backbone there but you're adding a little more alcohol with sugar and uh, i think something good happens when you go a little higher alcohol you actually extract a bit more of your fruit okay um yeah it's i mean it's uh you can throw a lot of fruit at a, at a beer like a triple can you tell us about the, more about the base beer do you mind giving some of that recipe for the listeners yeah it's actually pretty straightforward um it's uh it's a real uh you know pretty classic uh, um, triple base. Uh, what I do with this is I actually um, add a bit of uh, gamma honey malt. Um, just to, I want to, I want a little, you know, even though it doesn't 
taste like a malty beer. Like I want, you need some malt backbone um, because you know if you took raspberries and and added yeast, it would be just the driest thing you ever tasted. Okay. Um, you actually malt the malt actually helps bring out the sweetness a bit. Um, so I, I like adding a little bit of uh, gamernous honey malt. Um, not quite sure on percentage. Um, and that's about it. Other it's like pale malt and gamernous honey malt. What if you um, had to estimate that that percentage? Are we like uh, under five percent? Well, I'm going my like before I add sugar. Uh, the gravity is about ten sixty. Um, that's what I'm aiming for, and I'm probably like around fifteen uh, percent. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm a little unsure. Yes, a little bit. Um, of uh, of, the, of honey malt. I mean, if you use any malt, it's going to add a little bit of caramel character or kind of like just some kind of malty, a little bit of malt. Um, the other thing with uh, raspberry beer is, you know, you can actually add a little bit of color just to kind of bump up the redness that you're going to get. Oh, okay. Um, if you want, you can play around with that kind of thing. So, um, like like a crystal, you mean? Yeah, you could add a little bit of that. Not too much, though. You don't want to mess around with it too much. I mean, the brewer I worked for, she'd actually put just a just a little touch of chocolate in there to darken it up a bit. Okay. Um, and I don't do that, but that's one thing she did to kind of get the red a little richer. Um, I know a technique I learned from Doc is, you know, maybe just, especially because we're just homebrewing, we can yeah. do it on the small, just sprinkle that chocolate on the top. Just on the top, yeah, sure. And, and maybe yeah. just get some color out get of it. Get a little it. less astringency that way or, yeah. that, or a little Definitely. less bite or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then I'm adding sh- adding sugar in the kettle. I usually do like a 90 minute boil and around half hour when there's half an hour left. Then I add sugar to uh, bump it up to about 1080. Okay. Um, 1080. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's got some well jam. done. Um, <laughs> and I mean, there's some fruits. If you're using cherries, you're actually going to add uh, to the strength of your beer. When you're adding raspberries, you're actually diluting it a little bit. I mean. Uh, the raspberries I buy are, are rated around eight Play-Doh, which is ten thirty-two. That's the amount of sugar concentration they have. So, you know, the strength of a bunch of raspberries is actually lower than than your, you know, even a regular strength beer you're going to start with. I see. So it doesn't hurt to start with a higher strength, uh, like higher strength wort. Okay. Um, so you're right. It just in every way it sounds easier to work with. Yeah, the raspberries. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah raspberries. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of raspberries for sure. I mean, cherries too, obviously. But there's a reason the Belgians have been brewing with raspberries for a while. It's it's good. Okay, <laughs> it's just good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And then the, the other thing is, you know, I'm using uh, Belgian yeast strains. Um, I'm actually using a dual strain for this. It's the same that we use for for our wheat beer. But you want something that can handle the uh, handle the alcohol, um, and then I I wait until that the primary fermentation is done before I throw the raspberries in, and it's kind of the same with our coffee beer. I don't want the aromatics from the raspberries being like blown out the top of the fermenter uh, during primary. Okay, I want I want to kind of keep as much of that as possible. So it's not till everything is capped that these additives are going in. Yeah. There. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, in a homebrewing setting, uh, you, you know, you do have to make sure there's some room because fruit can kind of get do some interesting things. And you know, if you're putting in a carboy, you could easily end up blowing a lot of raspberries out of the top of your carboy with a second fermentation. It, it happens. Got it. 
Yeah. Do you uh, can you give us an idea of how many you know pounds per barrel type of thing with the raspberries or? Well, mine like my ratio is probably pretty close to a pound per gallon. Uh, okay, we're doing about ten barrels and we're using uh, like I I know in like I guess around four hundred and twenty pounds of raspberries. Um, I mean, for me, it's basically comes down to. How many rat? How many? How much can I put in my fermenter before it starts coming out again? Okay, <laughs> I like this philosophy. Um, I mean, my, sorry, I have manways in my conditioning tanks, and they're they're you know they're about three feet off the ground or something like that. And yeah, if that's if I could put. I, well, I'm not even sure I would need to put any more in. It's just when I started, you know, I was like, all right, how much can I get in here? Right, and I'm like, oh, I was pretty happy with that. Okay, um, I think pound per gallon is is uh, is a decent place if you want a lot of raspberry character. Uh, but I've tasted some beers that kind of, I think, go a little light on the fruit. And to me, I've just always <laughs> believed if you can do a fruit beer, just, you know, you should, that fruit shouldn't be like a light. hint of flavor in the background. It should, it should be up there. It should be light See, in the loafers. What's that, Doc? It should be fruity, light in the loafers. Uh, you, you know, and I generally disagree with that statement until I taste a beer like this. You kind of have to prove that statement to me. Because like we talked about before, if it tastes like fruit that you flavored with beer, then I'm not into it. Uh, then I'd rather it be subtle. But if it can be real dry and, and beery, and, uh, and, and you can even, like I said, you can taste this as a, as a triple. If I was blindfolded and you gave this to me, I would instantly note that it was a Belgian triple. Right. Then I would start talking about the fruit flavor. And so that, to me, is a good fruity beer. So that being said, though, I still like a lot of fruit if you can do it right, too. Right. Know? Yeah, I mean, for people who don't, aren't sort of experienced in beer, the, you know, they'll taste this, and it doesn't taste like beer. It doesn't taste like wine. It's kind of right. its own kind of zone. You know, you're, not everyone knows what a Belgian triple tastes like, but it's... Right. I mean, it's... Uh, to me, it I, tastes like a hangover, because that's when you have it. What... If, I would never overdo this beer because it <laughs> you would know. just not be fun. <laughs> Yen, I'll have Yen call you tomorrow and tell you how it is. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, we well, we got a lot of staff. You know, our staff are always excited when we roll it out, and okay. and then there's usually a few people who just like come in a few days in and they're just looking haggard. <laughs> is it a seasonal? Like, you only do it. We do it for the summer, basically. So we kind of roll it out. Uh, uh, sometime in June, and and we would keep it for July and August for sure. Okay. A hey, question about the fruit edition. So, if you add a fruit, if you add the fruit after uh, after fermentation is complete, it probably picks up again. How do you do? You just let it go until it's finished, or do you taste it, and then when it gets to the right flavor profile, where you're getting fruit and the base beer, you stop it. Um, I don't. I mean, for it's actually really hard to stop a fermentation. Uh, so you, you basically have to let it go. I mean, it, you know, if you have the ability to filter your beer, then sure, you can stop it. Um, I mean, and there's, I, I don't know a lot about what Belgians are doing. There are a lot of Belgians who are, you know, probably filtering or filtering beer and then adding fruit after that. But with us, like, you know, we're, we're, we operate, the way we brew is actually a lot like homebrews brew. Like you, you add stuff to your, you know, you add your yeast and then it starts fermenting. So for us, we let it dry out and I actually let our, uh, I let our second fermentation go about three weeks, and I actually add some lager yeast uh, when I add the fruit, um, because I want to make sure that I don't I don't want for, once I rack the beer off the fruit, I don't want it fermenting anymore, um, and that's kind of a thing you can have uh, happen. Um, so you know we really don't have any problem with with keeping enough body 
uh, when you start with a big beer. Like it's there's lots of body there. Do you have to worry about how much you know? Say you add lager yeast. Does it does it really matter how much you add at that point? I mean, it's only going to eat as much as there and then go to sleep anyway. Or do yeah. you have to really specifically measure that pitch? No, no. I just I kind of dump in a you know half a bucket. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the half a bucket method. Um, and I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about yeast earlier. Uh, you know, we're using a a couple of Belgian yeast that don't really find much, um, but when we throw lager yeast in with our with our fruit, uh, then once we rack it off the fruit, it actually finds quite nicely. Okay. Yeah. Like I mean, this this it's a clear beer. Yeah. This is off the. This is the. We just tapped this today, actually, and and you know, it's not a hundred percent bright, but it's pretty pretty bright. Yeah. Yeah. I bet um, it's good. It's really, it's really good talking. To, it's definitely <laughs> really good. You know, there's a there's a handful of beers that I want to bring back to you guys of the several that we've tried on this trip, and uh, and some I have. Don't worry, uh, but this is one of them. This is one of those beers that I want you guys to try because uh, I think it's unique. I've I've had a lot of uh, fruit beers at, that just are not unique. I guess is as simple as I can put it. This one really is. It's yeah, good. I mean, this one kind of grew organically. Um, you know, I was definitely inspired by Belgian tradition, um, but I wasn't trying to emulate someone else's beer. I'm not, you know, I'm actually, I have no problem with, you know, seeing a wicked beer out there and trying to make it exactly like that. Mm. This one kind of grew, you know, I I wanted to make the base stronger and then I can't even remember what the time when I kind of thought about using a triple as a base, but mm. it just turned out to be a really kind of, uh, you know, good way to go. I would also say that uh, the amount of tannins that are in it from the fruit or from the skins, uh, I think this beer would appeal to wine drinkers too. I yeah, I mean, I think it, there is kind of a you know, it's definitely more beer than wine. But there's you know, once you start using a significant amount of fruit, you're spreading into wine character, yeah, territory in a way. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, it doesn't have the um, you know that kind of rich grapey flavor like wine does. It has the alcohol content and it has the tannin content. Yeah, the rest is all beer. You know, it's good stuff. All right, guys, any other questions back from the studio about these beers and the process here? No, probably not. Um, my my questions were my question more like uh, when, when uh, the, the fruit was added after, you know, fermentation, stuff like that. So I think that's all been answered. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, Conrad. One from the chat room is how do you mix your yeast? I guess they want to know. Um, Clockwise? Do you repitch the mixture uh, each time, or do you use a, a fresh pitch each time when you're doing mixing? What are you doing? Um, I well, when I grow it up, uh, like if I'm doing a dual strain, um, I grow them up separately. So I got you know I'm kind of growing them up parallel. Um, I'll go from a slant to a jar to a jug to a keg, um, and uh, and then I'll and then I'll pitch them at that point. And then, uh, and then I'll, and then I'll repitch, uh, you know, in the case of our, like our, I mean, our house strain is a little different because I'm just adding a little bit of Nottingham to that, but, um, I just repitch and let it go. Uh, you know, and I can go like, you know, 10, 15 generations. Uh, it's fairly stable. Okay. Um, at that point as a, you know, in a situation like this, it's about time to reculture anyway. Um, and then, say for our Belgian wheat, where I'm using a dual strain, uh, I'll repitch it as much as I can. Usually, I kind of let it go through the summer, um, 
and uh, I'm not that concerned, you know, about, I mean, I don't, I couldn't even tell you if there's a big flavor drift. Uh, in theory, one strain would probably kind of dominate the other, but I've never really seen that uh, that happen in practice. Um, so when you're when you're getting rid of a pitch and, and starting again, it's you're, you're going more by length of time than you are by taste of the beer. Yeah, my big thing is that I don't I don't store I don't like to store yeast at all if I can help it. And we're we're really lucky here. Uh, we're a busy brew pub. My you know, I get a lot of generations out of my lager yeast because as soon as we were racking, we're brewing and we're doing that over and over again. And I mean, my one kind of piece of advice for homebrewers would be, uh, you know, you sh- like really, you know, try not to store yeast. Yeast doesn't like to be stored. Okay. Uh, it's just, that's kind of one of the first things I learned here when I started messing around with yeast was it just got really unhappy really fast. You know, I, th- I think you... There are people who know more about yeast than I do who would say, well, if you feed it, you can keep it going for a little bit, but really yeast wants to be working. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, say, our Bavarian uh, wheat beer we do, I would rather do all the work involved in culturing up from scratch than pitch two-week-old yeast. Right. Because uh, I just don't want to worry about it being unhappy. And, and, and you know, that's, uh, you know, especially in a, in a beer where you're relying on yeast to provide a significant amount of flavor. It's weird because JP and I would rather sit around doing nothing and being unhappy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when we're at our at our best, I think. Well, you got, you I mean, got I'd rather use dry. I'd rather use dried yeast if I could ha- if I could get it because you just pitch that and it's ready for you every time. <laughs> ready to go right away every day. But yeah, don't don't use that funky three year old yeast. I mean, three week old yeast that's sitting in your fridge. It's, it's probably not very good. So even three weeks, that's just too long to sit there doing nothing. Well, I don't know. I mean, you probably talk to some guys to be like, all right, if you want yeast to be three weeks old, this is what you got to do to make sure it's happy. Okay. But, it doesn't mean you can't use it. It just means uh, you can't just throw it right back in. Uh, you got to be a yeast harvester and uh, do the due diligence, or you got to work it spark back it up, up again. Work it, spark it back up, work it back yeah. up again. Yeah, make it active. Well, you know, as a home brewer. Yeah, uh, even then. You- I'll, I'll, let me continue, Conrad. Is there a question here for you? Sure. Uh, you, you, uh, as a home brewer, I, I, I tend to like when I'm, you know, storing yeast, I'm storing like a larger volume that I've collected off the bottom of a fermenter. So I'm like, next, when I go to use it, I'm over pitching. Uh, how many days would I be, you know, reasonable to keep that yeast? Uh, you know, you mentioned two weeks would be too long. How about like a week? I think, I think a week's okay. Um, like I just know from personal experience, I just at some point, I stopped keeping yeast if I could help it at all. Yeah. Uh, and then a week would kind of be my cutoff. Um, you know, you're... And, and I don't I don't want to dole out a whole bunch of advice when I'm talking out of my ass, but... <laughs> That's what we do. It's from your experience, yeah, it's good enough for us too, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, as your yeast is sitting in a container, like... Nothing good is happening to it. Yeah, no, no, and the, uh, where, yeah, where's it getting know, food at? The good know? guys are dying off, and the bad guys are eating hanging. each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's well, just it's, like life. Yeah, it's kind of yeast health. Uh, you know, does have an impact on the kind of flavor you're going to get out of that yeast uh, subsequently it, it, as well. It changes the culture. It changes the neighborhood. Um, it, I, on uh, your scale of it, you would need a whole yeast guy to just deal with that part. 
Before you know it, you need gentrification <laughs> yeah. to get everything back on top again. It's just a mess. Got to reconstruct the gene pool. Pretty soon we lost the whole inner-urban neighborhood. Hey, back on the fruit yeah, side. You, want, you, need, you, need, you need yeast that's you know, really willing to get to work. You don't want, you don't want the old stuff that's just sticking around. Yeah, the stuff that's, you know what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> the stuff that, yeah, done welfare. Okay. Social and services. That, <laughs> I love it. Hey, could you talk about how you sanitize Listen, your fruits when you put them in? That, hang on just a second. That couldn't have been better if JP had said it. I just have to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. What's your question? Oh, it's just um, about when you put fruits in. So it's important you sanitize it. How do you sanitize your fruits before you add them so they don't infect the beer? Um, well, I'm, I think, uh, like, I don't actually... S- Freezing you, you them. Can, well, you can't really sanitize fruit. That's the one thing. The, the one thing I'm a, I'm a big believer in freezing fruit, uh, and it doesn't matter if you want to use fresh fruit. That's fine. Freeze it, because um, freezing will definitely uh, knock out a bunch of the of the kind of microflora that's that's going on there. The other thing to remember is like you know once if you're using beer that's if you're adding it into secondary, uh, most you know there's there's a lot less. Uh, Kind of potential for contamination um, because it's on the cold side. You mean? Yeah, and you've also you're you know you've had like this uh, successful fermentation. Um, so so any any stuff anything is living in the. I mean, basically your your yeast culture is going to grab onto the sugars in the fruit right away, and away it goes. I mean, it's also if you can add a little bit of healthy yeast at the time, that's great. Um, if you can add the fruit right. After, like, as soon as your your ferment your primary fermentation is done, that's great. You know, you know, the less time you leave it sitting around before you add the fruit is is good because you want your your, yeah. your main culture to take you know kind of grab hold. And then I was also just kind of say like, don't stress about it because you're adding fruit. I mean, it's 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 been grown in the dirt. It's like been picked with by people who have dirty hands. <laughs> And, and stuck in buckets and put in the back of a pickup truck. You just can't control that. You have to kind of just not worry too much. There's only so much of that you can clean off no matter yeah. what. I mean, you like, yeah, trying to sanitize fruit. It's just You're making JP like, this is how I crawl think about right now. <laughs> Everything is filthy and disgusting. There's only so much I can, so I just prefer not to touch oh, it. What I mean, if you want to. If you want to just go ahead and brew like a nine percent beer, that's going to help too, because because uh, you're uh, which or, is what you did here. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, you know, the Belgians do sour beers, so that's probably a beer that's already contaminated. Yeah, one um, of the sour beer guys we talked to on this trip said he, when he takes his cherries from the local farm, um, he specific uh, specifically <laughs> asks them not to clean the cherries. Do not touch right. them. Do not clean them. Do not rinse them. Cherries. I want them to have all the flora and the fauna of yeah. your farm when it goes into my beer. Sure, yeah, and then the result is, I mean, it's, you're only, I mean, I think the only time your beer is going to go really funky is if uh, if your beer is really warm in the bottle and some wild yeast gets in there. But, you know, you can solve that by refrigerating it. Um, I, like I don't know. Really uh, you know I've, had, I've known people who have, like, pasteurized their fruit before they used it, and your beer kind of... You end up losing the stuff that's really good about the fruit, which is usually the aromatics. You know, you, your fruit tastes jammy. Yeah, you're better off taking the risk than, uh, yeah. than being too careful. 
All right, guys. Anything else back there? Like what? Because <laughs> 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 we're just going to go more beers. What's going to happen? Yeah, I know. You guys are going to have to take care of drunk of the oh, week. Oh, nice. And all that mess. Can we call you and, back uh, about drunk we'll of the week? Different. I'll probably call you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a good idea. <laughs> <call you back. laughs> uh, put put your uh, yen on. <clears throat> yes. For drunk of the week. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually smiling at us right now that he's ready to call it he's, drunk. Yeah, probably, drunk, yeah. drunk Frenchie of the week. Well, if he took both his pairs of panties off, I would hope so. <laughs> Only one. Nice. Hey, and what's up with Paul? Uh, I thought Paul was a SoCal guy. What's he doing up in our hood? Is he is he in our hood all the time now? No, nah, I came up for my birthday uh, for the IPA festival. It's been great. So uh, you guys oh, hijacked good. me to come out to the studio. It's been great. No, I'm glad you did. I just, I, I was like, man, I, I thought Paul was SoCal. I was just thinking, I don't know, who who can I replace in the studio is what I was thinking. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think he found <laughs> out you weren't here. <laughs> and, and he wanted right. chair number one. Yeah, replace me. <laughs> I'd love to have Sundays off again. I know, JV, you're dying for it, but guess what? <laughs> now you're valuable. You're the last guy to get replaced again. Valuable. Can you replace me? No. I'm not that valuable. Mm. Nope. Nope. Uh, we don't have those parts. You're, you're, yeah, anyway, i got to figure out what I'm going to do without you. Yeah, you do. Because let's be honest, I barely fit in this booth. <laughs> <laughs> but that, we've known that for a few years now. I will cut oh. you. Okay. <laughs> and I need, I need somebody right. else with enormous cleavage that doesn't mind us talking about it all the time. That's the tough part. It's not that I can't get another call screener. It's that I can't get another call screener who doesn't mind all the creepy dudes around. <laughs> another call screener that you can sexually abuse? Oh! You know, it's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just talk. Words hurt, <laughs> Dr. You, Dr. Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. It hurts so good. That's why we don't have a. That's why we don't have an HR department at the Brewing Network because I don't need anybody going to complain about all the wooden dildo bottle openers and the uh, Bevo cleavage yeah, jokes. Yeah. This, like this one and the stripper pole in the you, corner. If you put this this wooden dildo bottle open in, in the right way, it, it looks like a nun with tits. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> wow. All right, Doc's in for drunk of the week already. I can tell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you act like when you're drunk? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up over here. I want to give a special thanks to uh, to Conrad here at Steamworks for hanging out with us, man. Right. It's been a good time. Thanks for showing us the brewery and the beer. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming up here. No, we were, I really wanted to make it to Canada, and like I said, I'd never been to this side. So uh, Moscow, hey. our producer, found you and said, yeah, this is the place to go. If you're going to go to uh, Vancouver, you got to go to Steamworks. So. I uh, appreciate you having us. No, thanks. Good fun. Your staff's been real cool, too, because they put up with Yan, who kind of smells, and uh, he's been drunk <laughs> half the day. So Frank. your staff's real nice. We appreciate that. <laughs> Always. Um, and your private bathroom. All right. And I got my own private. See, I'm, They're probably I, like, we got to get this guy to the private bathroom. You know, we don't want to run our customers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much took a shower in that private bathroom. It was fantastic. Yeah, you're um, like a true homeless guy. <laughs> it, I really am. I haven't shaved since I left home, guys. It's bit, um, you uh, shave at home? I didn't know that. <laughs> Which parts? <laughs> yes. Ew. Ew. 
Yeah, I'm a little. De- I wasn't really expecting to, you know, have a webcam here. But my wife actually said, "Like, aren't you going to shave?" And I was like, "No, it's radio. It's radio, right?" right? right. <laughs> and you know well, what? you're lucky. The lighting in here sucks, and I guess the camera was real choppy all night, so yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. And she's the only one who sees those parts. No, oh, good point. We <laughs> <I> hope. <laughs> all right. So I think I'm back in the studio with you guys next weekend. Oh God. Um. Do we have a show next weekend? I think we have a show next we weekend. I don't know. Can we not have one? Well, we have yeah, to. Maybe we do a Monday show. I don't think uh, so. Yeah. I mean, you need to recover from your trip, I think we right? Have... <laughs> I know. I'd like to, but I think we have the week uh, uh, the weekend after off, assuming that Chad didn't lay around like a lazy douche all week and got me tickets to the Russian River, Ru- Russian River Revival, uh, where I get to go camp and drink some beer up at Stumptown. The week after, is that right, Chad? Is it, isn't that that weekend? It, it is that weekend. <laughs> you, had yeah. a, you had another question, <laughs> yeah. and I'm quite certain you have tickets for you us. You got too, no but, fucking. Uh, anyway, I think we can't take next week off. So, yeah. Oh, cool. it'll be it'll be. Hey, did you guys hear that I that I might be the host of a new TV show? Yeah, again? tell us more about that. What show is it? Oh. I'm pretty sure that uh, I find out when I get back, I got to meet with the people, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm the new host of uh, Carpool Showdown on Coffee TV 20. Oh, cool. oh shit. Oh, my God. You're a local <laughs> yeah, celebrity. What? Oh, when God. did that oh, happen? I'm glad one person here is impressed. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I'm judging him. Listen, and really, it is just one person. It's, it's going to be uh, one more time yeah. where my 15-year-old comes run up to me, Daddy, what the fuck is Justin doing on TV? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, guys, I'm about, half a, I'm about half a public access TV show away from being a, a F-list celebrity. F-list. Are you Wayne or are you Garth in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. I'll tell you after next weekend when I find out what to do, but... And- <laughs> I think basically, I don't know, you guys, you know that show on Discovery Channel, um, Taxi Cab, oh, yeah. yes. something? Confessions. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. the, the no, no, money, no. Ca- money That's taxi That's the HBO thing. one, you perverts. Cash Cab. Channel one. Cash Cab. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Cash Cab. So there's this show uh, called Carpool Showdown, which is like the Bay Area version of that, where we take uh, commuters and um, do kind of the same types of games with them. And uh, apparently they were starving for a host because uh, I'm supposed to shoot two episodes when I get back. And then if it goes well, I think I'm the new host. That's great. Have you ever commuted in the Bay Area? There's going to be a lot of swearing going on in that car. Oh, boy. (laughs) I know, and that's just for me. Never mind the, right? never mind the contestants. Right. I'll be the one swearing, well, which is probably why they want me to do a two-episode run. We'll have to meet and figure out how I can get on there and ride your coattails again. At least if you do it on BART, you can run from car to car. Yeah, I would like it on BART, uh, but no, it's, uh, it's got to be in the car. And, uh, it's anyway, carpool I'll, I'll, showdown, I'll keep you. not carpool shootout, Doc. <laughs> yes. yeah, it's totally different. I think the elephant in the room is people are wondering how many strippers are going to be on the show at, at eight in the morning. That's the elephant. None. <laughs> Look, just promise me when they have you go and cut the ribbon at the newest Walmart that's opening, you call me and invite me. 
Yeah, because she <laughs> wants to be the first one in the store. Hell yeah, I do. Because the four locos All go right, quick. Vito, that is a, four locos. That's a deal, because I, I can grasp that you truly understand the underwhelming uh, nature of this announcement. <laughs> I thought you hated doing TV. <laughs> I do, I do. Well, uh, I'm told that this one. I'm told that this one's easy. That I don't really have to work. I just have to show up, read some cue cards, and hand out money. So uh, when you make an ass load of money, does that mean we get paid finally? <laughs> I'll make a deal with you guys. If I make an ass load of money, I will totally pay you guys to sit there and do my job. No, you. <laughs> I like how ass load of money was not a specified amount. And right. pay you guys. That didn't. Yeah, neither was totally paid. No, that was not even there either. <laughs> hmm. No, I'm I'm happy to share the wealth. But listen, it's a it's still I'm on local Bay Area TV, man. Come on, I think I'm making like a. I think what was I making for BYOB about eight bucks an episode. I think I'm up to twelve with the uh, yeah. carpool. Wow. Oh, you know, uh, by, the, by the way, I'm still finding beer cans in my front yard. <laughs> Straight beer cans, yes. <laughs> Wait till I bring TV to your house, Doc. That's <laughs> where you're going to find Subarus in your front yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's all. I just thought I'd give a plug now in case it actually works out, and then I can promote it or whatever, and you guys can watch me be a douche no, on Coffee TV 20 again. I'm glad you announced it now, so I have time okay. to think of uh, criticisms for you. <laughs> Be careful, or I will not invite you to Walmart. Whatever, I'm on their mailing list. <laughs> so, is there going to be a BYOB season two, or is this something that's uh, maybe next year, same time, same place? What's the deal? I don't know. JP's asking for an exorbitant amount of money, oh. and uh, everything's tied up in, in litigation now. I mean, it was all set to go, and then JP stepped in with some enormous contract uh, negotiation. Look, all and, I asked uh, for was enough to pay my car insurance every month. And hair replacement system. That's all I asked for. <laughs> and yeah. Disneyland tickets. I know, by an enormous, I mean like fifty bucks a week. Right? Uh, no, I, I'll be. I haven't heard anything about it actually. Um, I know that everybody wants to do it again, but no one's talking about how to do it again. Of so we'll that's see. TV, that's the way they do it. We'll see. All right. Yeah. All right. But wait to the last minute when everyone's in a, in, a, in a pinch. Yeah. You oh, know? we got to do something. so that we'll all do it for free again. Let's resurrect okay. this. They'll do it for free. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. All right, guys. Go have yourself some fun. I'm going to hang out with Conrad uh, here at Steamworks in, in Vancouver. I do recommend coming out here. It's a beautiful spot. It's a great place to hang out. The beer is awesome, and uh, the staff is very friendly, um, like most of uh, Canada so far. And, um, and and you know, I won't be here when you get here. So it's everything. It's really a win-win. Come on up here to Steamworks whenever you get the chance. It's a good spot in uh, downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. Come check it out. And thanks very much to Conrad. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been fun. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy yourselves over there, will you? All right. Yeah, I'm sleeping. Oh, yeah. Bed. <laughs> enjoy the stains. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't, isn't Kate home, too? Uh, I'm yeah. sleeping in your bed. He's at the foot of the bed. <laughs> Making it dirty. <laughs> All right, take care of the biscuit for me, though, will you? Poor girl. Make yeah. sure she's not, like, puking up too much, Doc. No surgery, Doc. No oh, surgery. Just on. take a look at her. You have to cut off a toe. Oh, sometimes we got to do a little bloodletting. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> She's going to be fine. All right, I'll see you guys in a few days. All right, later. All right, look forward to that. There you go. That was a pretty good interview, huh? All right. Yeah. yeah. yeah Steamworks. Uh, yeah. Conrad's a good guy. I'm going to hit that place up when I'm there in November. It should be a nice little stop, man. You should, man. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool. It looked pretty cool from the, the ceiling pictures that I got on the webcam. <laughs> yeah. Ceiling looks real good. Uh, all right, Bevo. Guess what you got to do? Drunk of the Drunk Week. Drunk of the Week. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Phone lines are open for Drunk thrilled. of the Week. Uh, we're not going to stay very long, so call what? now. And I hope it's not a, uh, a repeat of last week. It was just what? awful. Because why what? Because why? Because I don't want to be here. It's I know it's that eight o'clock. That does not make it awful. Uh, excuse yeah, it me. does because you don't want to be. You want to stay host. here and finish this? Come on, pain in the ass. Sitting down for. If three I knew and a half how to hours. push those buttons, I can teach you. I'll teach you during the break. Okay, more yeah, nice. We stay here all night. Yeah, I'll be, okay. <laughs> more burping, JP. Okay, Come first on. of all, don't get crazy. All right. <laughs> yeah, Bevo's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't make her that way. Well, maybe we so don't know she that. Says yet. we'll see. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go take a break. Uh, this will be our last break. We'll take Drunk of the Week phone calls when we get back. And then, um, I don't know, we'll get out of here. Mainly because I want to and I have the power. I'm like I like he- it. I'm like He-Man, but more muscular. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Summertime has arrived, homebrewers, and the fine folks at More Beer are thirsty. With the arrival of summer's heat, More Beer's got you covered with great deals on temperature control and some fantastic lawnmower beer kits. Ranko and Johnson temperature controllers, thermal wells, and thermometers, as well as light and refreshing beer kits you're going to love this hot summer. Stay on top of your homebrew's temperature and keep your kegs topped up, too. Summer time beer and gears from your friends at more beer and morebeer.com in a world where everything has been lost what happened to the city it's in ruins only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization Uh, i need a drink No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to Arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes...
live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> <laughs>
We are back. We haven't gotten any, I repeat, any Drunk of the Week calls. Well, nobody's drinking. Sorry, Bebo. How about us? By we, you mean you and I. Yes. You and I have not gotten, I don't know, what else you want. Um, We have not gotten any Drunk of the Week calls. So I guess we're just going to end the show early. Wait a minute. What about us? We can't. We compete. Um, I'm drunk of the weekend. Friends and and uh, 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 employees employees of the show are not, are not uh, blah blah blah. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Go ahead, Paul. You're eligible. But uh, if you win during the week, uh, I could just give it to you. and We can just go home. No, I don't think so. There's a lot of guys out there. I'm sure they're drinking more than me. I don't know. They're not hey, calling. We'd like us to go on for at least another 15 more minutes. We've got a ton of great bottles Paul, coming up. Paul may have had a ton of beers today, but he's not showing it right now. He's really holding it together. Yeah. It's, it's not, not clear to the audience that he's been drinking all day, but I'm pretty sure he has. But you didn't ask me how you would know I was drunk or not. Um, no, how would your friends know? How would your friends Yeah. Normally, it's I fall on my face, <laughs> but uh, oh. I wouldn't say that on radio, so they wouldn't <laughs> and know. Because usually they're drunker than I am, so they wouldn't know. Uh, it's about a gauging kind of thing, right? What's that? It's a gauging kind of thing. Yeah, it's a gauging thing. It's all relative. I'm usually more sober than they are because they think I'm sober. Man, I can't even find our outro music. It's just a bad, uh, it's a bad uh, last part. We're we going somewhere? Oh, it's bad on you. It's bad on me. It looks bad on me. I'm just going to end the show. No. No, you're not. Yeah. You are not yeah, no. I am Because uh, hey, I, we're, we're not getting I any got, phone calls. I got two more stops on this train. Come At on. least. Yeah. You guys got to go. Yeah. We can make it happen. You think we could? Well, there's enough of us here. Chad, speak up a tad. All right. Thank you, man. Ooh. We're going to go out to this because I can't find Pale Ale's a friend of mine. Oh, God. So uh, thanks to Conrad from Steamworks up in the hat. That was an awesome interview. And uh, Jay, I hope you make it back safe. Bevo, I uh, hope you take a dump soon. Yeah. Me too. Pretty good for you. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for showing up, everybody. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Just watching the bubbles in my beer And I'm seeing the road that I travel A road paved with heartaches and tears And I'm seeing the past that I've wasted While watching the bubbles in my beer a vision of someone who loved me Brings a long silent tear to my eye As I think of the heart that I've broken And of the golden chances that have passed me by Oh, I know that my life been a failure And I've lost everything that made life dear the dreams I once dreamed now are empty, as empty as the bubbles in my beer. Of someone who loved me Brings a long silent tear to my eye And as I think of the heart that I've broken 
chances that have passed me by Oh, I know that my life been a failure I've lost everything that made life dear The dreams I once dreamed now are empty As empty as the bubbles in my beer 